Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Tuesday installment of the program. Our Tuesdays are always brought to you by our friends at the Nimnik family of dealerships. That's Nimnik Chevrolet on Cassett Avenue in Nimnik. Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. Frangie and Carlion, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you on this Tuesday installment of the program. As always, I say much to do. Yesterday was all Jaguars. I think we might have mentioned that there was a championship game last night. I think in news and notes yeah. we probably got Lauren mm-hmm. probably got it to us. I think news we, and yeah, we said yeah, who we they're, like. They're, they're playing, yeah. So, um, and I thought today would be an assortment of those things. I will tell you, there's a lot of things that happen, and when they happen, I feel like I had a hunch. Maybe was given a tip. Wasn't surprised. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, wasn't surprised. Saw that coming. Was kind of a wink, wink. Look for. I did not see the defensive firings coming. I, I, I will be honest. I will honestly tell you, I didn't know they were coming. Didn't expect them to come, and was was very surprised by it. I'll talk about whether we'll talk good or bad in a moment, but I was extremely surprised by it. Were you? Were you? Start with you, Hayes. Were you surprised? Because I, I, I did not hear that was, was we were headed there. I was still surprised by it uh, when it when I heard about it. But like you, once I had seen it. Things started to kind of you go back and you start thinking of you know hints and you know there there was word around the campfire that defensively they weren't as cohesive as you would have liked um, you know so I mean in terms of just like getting along so maybe did that factor in did he lose the room at some point during the season uh, did the did the staff not you know gel as well as you would have liked to have seen did there become a disconnect and the results do illustrate that in terms of how they played in the back half I mean you can put the one in five finish the offense to me was a disappointment the whole year and I would have made changes and still would make changes more than just firing the running backs coach on uh on that side of the ball but uh but the defense certainly played a role I mean in the last five games they allowed 24.3 points a game well if you extrapolated that number, and that includes a shutout, by yeah. the way, over Carolina. So a lot of the games were much uglier. But but it, you have to give them credit for the shutout. So, But even still, at allowing 24.3 points a game in those final six, if you extrapolated that over the course of this whole season, uh, 24.3 points a game scoring defense would rank tied for 27th. So they really fell apart. Um, and so, and, and again, I think sometimes it's just who's out there and who's available. Um, Doug Peterson has a connection with Ron Rivera that goes back to the 1999 season when they were both with the Eagles. Doug was a player uh, and obviously an offensive player at quarterback. But so I wonder if some of this is who's available uh, and and also they weren't going to be able to just do nothing. And since he is adamantly in defense of Press Taylor, the defense was the only thing you could really do. I mean, firing like the special teams coordinator wouldn't have been enough, and he doesn't deserve it. The special teams were fine. Yeah, I wasn't that surprised. He's the name that I brought up yesterday when we first started talking about things that fans want. Defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell was one of those names. 
and it makes for you good. You did mention stands, it yesterday. Yeah, it stands for good reason. Look at what happened to the defense. Hayes just outlined it as far as points per game. The reason the Jaguars lost to the Titans was the defense was god-awful. And I think through some of Doug Peterson's press conferences, if you li- listen closely and read between the lines, he wasn't thrilled with some of the things that were happening on that side of the ball. And, and like Hayes said, he's going to defend Press Taylor at all times. Mm. So you had to look that look into it and, and realize that he, I think, schematically wasn't happy with where they ended up. Let me give you my take on all of this. And I, and I, and I probably feel a little differently. Not about whether it's good or bad, but when you talk about enough, did you did he do enough? Did he make enough changes? Nobody gets fired because of what happened. I don't believe I don't believe you get fired because this happened. Now, if this happening indicates that you're not the right guy to lead the next game, the next season, then that's why you get fired. Now, I'm not talking just about this instance. You get fired. Here's what here's who you fire. You don't fire a guy that messed up two games ago or the last five games. That's, you don't fire that guy. You fire a guy if you look at him now and say, he's not the right guy to lead me to the next step. Now, those last five games might be what caused that. That may be what caused you to feel yeah, that that's way. that's your evidence. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's your evidence. And so, and so I think Doug Peterson, and obviously for it to happen this quickly, he couldn't have just decided this. You, you know what I mean? There, I got to believe. There was some because there were so many, so many defensive staffers let go, not just Caldwell. I've got to believe at some point, Doug Peterson looked up and said, "Not the right staff." Not you know what I mean. Not looked up and said, "Not this is." And 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 I think that Hayes, to your point about communication, and again, I don't want to act like I know more than I do on this, but we all saw that there was a blow up on the sideline last game. Uh, I I think I heard Buckner and Fatakasi. And and Roy Roy got was kind of peacemaker. And again, I'm calling the game. It was something like that, right? I may be I may be getting it wrong, but it you guys saw it. I, I heard people talk about it. I think Doug probably said, "Listen, this is this is the this is that's not the group to lead our defense." Period. Forget what not not because I'm not mad at him because this messed up, but because this messed up, that's the evidence I have to tell me we got to go in another direction. I got a lot of thoughts to what you said about Rivera. I'm going to get to some replacement stuff in a minute. But I will tell you this, a guy who, a guy who runs out his whole staff, uh, a team that runs out a whole side that, that lets go of nine coaches, and this ought to make Jaguar fan really happy, that's a team that thinks they're there or they're close. You don't fire nine coaches. You run off nine coaches if you're rebuilding and, and you're, you're building relationships. I think that you ran off these guys. Let me tell you what, these guys are run off. Because you th- let's bring in the next guy and go win 12, 13 games. I'm not saying that's going to happen. There, there's a lot of stuff personnel-wise they've got to fix. But my first thought when I saw them all, when I saw it happen that fast and that many players or that many coaches, my first thought was this has been brewing for a while. It has to have been. Again, you make that many changes. You he had to know that that was coming. And maybe Derrick Henry rushing for all those yards was the icing on the cake. And, the, and not being able to stop a very pedestrian uh, Titans offense with an old 35-year-old quarterback. Maybe that was the icing on the cake. But this had to be coming for a while. Doug Peterson Hayes looked at his group and said, listen, this isn't the group. And I'm sure you know Shad was involved in this one. Trent Baalke was involved. They put their heads together and said, this is, this is where we're headed here. Yeah, I mean, he even whacked Bob Sutton. I mean, when you're whacking – guys that are probably 78 years old, you know, <laughs> you mean business. And uh, it, it was, it, and 
in, in terms of where they go from here. I think it's going to be fascinating. I, I think the number of coaches involved defensively tells me he knows who his guy is. And it's going to be a guy with enough credibility to say, all right, give me your list. Okay, he sees the list. He says, uh, Bill Shuey, I like him. He worked in Philadelphia. He's worked in Chicago. I like Bill Shuey. He's my outside linebackers coach. The rest of them can go. I'm going to hire my own guys. And Doug says, okay. And, again, I'm, I'm throwing Rivera out there because we always look at connections. And, well, and Rivera theory- has spoken very highly of Doug right. multiple times publicly. Uh, they were only together in the NFC East as, as coaches uh, for a year. Uh, but Rivera spoke very highly of of Doug after the tanking debacle when they pulled Jalen Hurts, spoke very highly of Doug when he got the Jaguars job. And again, their relationship goes back to 99 when Rivera was the Eagles linebackers coach and Peterson was a backup quarterback on the team. So I don't know if Rivera is 62. I don't know if he wants to take a year uh, or if he wants to get right back on it. But my guess is he probably wants to coach. He he lamented in his final week as commander's coach that he hasn't really been able to coach. There's been so many things he's had to tackle uh, in terms of just running Washington's organization, Sands' ownership, for so many years that uh, that I, he he strikes me as a guy that wants to just run a defense. He's 62. He's been an NFL head coach for 13 years, and I think if if he is interested in just being a defensive coordinator. I don't think you could go wrong if you're Doug Peterson by announcing Ron Rivera later today as your defensive coordinator. We'll talk about potential. I'd be surprised if it's that fast. I think I would be too. And there's some rules. You got Rooney rules. You've got you've got with coordinators. There's a Rooney rule. Yeah, so, but so Rivera is yeah yeah. We should have a minority. Inter- yeah, yeah. No, that's right. But yeah yeah. But well, good point. But yeah. I mean, I think you have to interview so many. Um, but I mean, even if you hire a minority, I think you've got to go through a, an interview process. So. Um, so we'll talk about uh, p- potential successors. I got a bunch of ideas about that as well. So I'm with you on that. But but back to Hayes's point, Lauren. You do have an I. You hit that was a really good point you made. Whether you know your guy or not, you certainly know your direction, don't you? You certainly know the type of guy you're going after. You certainly know and 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 I do believe to another point you made, Hayes. You're right about this. If you acted this swiftly to move on. You're probably going to – again, I would be a little bit surprised just for a few things I've heard if there's an announcement fast but or this fast. But I do think Hayes, Hayes is on to something. If Doug doesn't know who he's hiring, you certainly get the sense he has an idea of the direction he's going. Yeah, I think Doug Peterson, to Hayes' point, has relationships that go a long way back in this league. And so I think he's been preparing for this for quite some time. I wonder if that's maybe why he was a little bit late to the press conference yesterday. Uh, still figuring out all this and, and working through the details. But, yeah, I have an idea that I would think he has an idea of who he wants to hire, whether that happens in the next few days or the next few weeks. Yeah, and, and so, so we'll see. Uh, but, again, this is a the, – the bottom line here, this is a bold, it's time now to win now move. You don't make this move unless you think now – whether you agree with that or not. By the way, um, all fans, by the way, every fan, not just Jaguar fans, Fans are all in the FFA Society. Do you know that? I did not. They're all in the FFA Society. Do you realize that, Caroline? I did not. Well, one of you please ask me what the FFA please Society is. Please enlighten us. Uh, FFA. Firing fixes all. I mean, most, fan, right? most fans think they, fans want somebody fired. Coach. I, not, this isn't a Jaguar fan thing. College fans, pro fans, uh, baseball fans. Please fire somebody. Please fire somebody. I, I read Pirates blogs all the time. Mm-hmm. 
in my in since since they came up with the internet, whenever that was, I think it co like ninety five ninety six. I think that coincided with the pirates starting to suck. So <laughs> I, what? I, so I think there's a connection. By the way, just I think the pirates wouldn't suck without that damn internet. So I, I already mad about the internet because the money I don't make on the nine hundred number. So so we're clear. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, but I'm joking aside. I, re- I read all the pirate stuff forever. You have any idea how many? <laughs> People, the Pirates fans have fired <laughs> in those thirty years. I mean, the owner, no, nobody. Sure. Uh, they 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 fired every owner, oh, and yeah. boy, have they fired this guy. You know, so so fans want everybody fired, and I get that. So by the but, way, when I hear FFA Club, I think Future Farmers of America. You know, there's that too. <laughs> there's that too. But the, this is a different FFA Club. Got it. Um, but the, but I but I do think this. I do think the irony here is every fan wanted Press Taylor and Trent Balky fired. Half the building got fired, and it wasn't those two. So, so it's interesting. So, but, but anyway, let's, let's take a break. When we come back, I, I told you what I think it means. What I think it means is they think they've got the pieces. That's, that's my – whether they're right or not isn't what I'm saying. Well, I think they think they've got the pieces or you don't act as swiftly. I don't want to say angrily, but certainly um, swiftly and uh, certainly uh, very author- authoritative. There, there was no – there was no – doesn't look like there's any gray area around here. Is Hayes right? Does this mean that Doug's got his guy? We'll find that out soon enough. We'll talk about that. We'll talk more about the, the Jaguars and moving forward. All the open jobs. Mike Vrabel getting fired. I agree with what you wrote. Um, he's a really good coach. That's a just terrible Mike, decision yeah, by and, Tennessee, and, and, but we'll gladly accept it. And he'll be a head coach in the league next year. Oh Mike, yeah, Mike Vrabel will be a head coach. If not the Patriots somewhere, he will be a head coach in the National Football. There's not a doubt in my, oh, not I think a doubt in my mind. I don't know that there's ever been. A clear cut. This is the best. Yes, I would take yes, him yes. over Jim Harbaugh so would I. in a split second. Uh, hundred, I'll a hundred percent co-sign that. Would you? Do you agree with that or no? Yes. A hundred. And and I like Jim Harbaugh. I, I mean, I think too. Jim Harbaugh would be too. a good hire for an NFL team. But, but I would got, take Mike Vrabel in a split second. Cannot over agree with you more. And, and and so he'll he will be a coach. He will be a head football coach in the NFL next year. There is no doubt. Did you think when the Titans won that his job was saved? I, it seemed like everybody was was saying that uh, you know the Patriots Vrabel thing was real if they could work out the mechanics of it, I and can, it seems like Tennessee did them a big favor. Well, I can tell you when I was up there, and I and I I do have some folks up there, and I can tell you that that talking to numerous folks I have there, that the Rand Carthon Vrabel disconnect is real. I knew Rand a little bit at Florida, not a lot, just a little bit. Very business minded, very um, forward thinking, very slow to make decisions, very, very, very careful, very precise. Think it through. Vrabel's a street fight guy. Vrabel's let's go fight. He, that's who. Yeah, he, he, that's who. That's who. That's why I think guys like me love him so much. You know, he's so they're they think differently. And and the minute Rand Carthon got the job after John Robinson was fired, I think there was a belief that these two guys could be oil and water. And 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 I'm getting that from. Trust me when I tell you from the inside, inside. Okay, so so I was not surprised. So so to your, which is a good question. I was not. I had a hunch. Now I thought that might have it might have been a stay of execution mm-hmm. because they won a game and it was they felt so good and Derek's talking to the crowd and blah blah blah. But I expected before the game he was out, and so so I'm not shocked that after the game. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Michigan, Washington, Washington last night. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to. But let's start with the uh, open uh, coaching positions in Jacksonville. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, 
your friends in the car business since 1941. John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Pretty good. That's what RJ's got for you. Pretty good. I don't know what you. I don't know what you got. But that's what RJ. Did got. you hear their new song? I still haven't heard it. Yeah. Is it good? I like it, but I. I mean, I'm. You not, heard it, right? I haven't. It's not like, oh wow, that's yeah. incredible. But is it on Spotify? I would think it's okay. called now and it's got to be Spotify has everything. Yeah. It's called uh, now and then I think. Yeah, yeah. It, there was a lot of buzz about. I it. I heard it on. I didn't hear it on Spotify, but I'm sure they have it. So they've got stuff on there that I've been amazed that they have on there. <laughs> stuff that I listened right. to like right. 30 years ago. Oh, no way they're gonna have this. The, there um, it is the, with uh, the picture and everything. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. <laughs> Funny. Uh, the uh, so the firings. Hayes, you made a comment earlier that that, that Doug Peterson is was so authoritative and swift in this, so um, so convicted in it that he probably has an idea of the direction. Well, you got to go through a process. You've got to interview so 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 many folks. You've got to interview minority candidates. But you can do all that while in the back of your head going, I'm hiring that person. Well, I think most do. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say most do. I think many do. Um, but I do think what you said. I do think whether it's Wink Martindale, whether it's Ron Rivera, whether it's a guy like Leslie Frazier or Spaggs has got a job now, but but whether it's one of these, Jim Schwartz, I bet you it's that guy. I'll bet it's a veteran guy who's done it before. They tried the guy who hadn't done it before. And Mike Caldwell wasn't, a, wasn't an abject failure. He, they, he, they won 18 games with him as the coordinator. He's a good young football coach. He will land as a linebacker's coach in five minutes. He's, he's well-respected, and he might be a coordinator again. So – so this wasn't an abject failure. He's a good young football coach and a good young man, and it just it was time for the next guy. But I would be very surprised if it's not a veteran guy. To your point, Hayes, about Ron Rivera, might even a guy that's been a head coach, but definitely a guy that has been a coordinator that Doug Peterson can really give the defense to and not be bothered with it. And to your other point, the fact that all those coaches are gone. Now, one good thing about getting rid of all your coaches is if you respect those guys, let them get on the market fast so they can get jobs. The, the worst thing you could do for any of those guys is not fire them, but tell them, look, there's a chance you won't be retained in two months. Well, now you're in limbo. At least every one of those guys now is says, okay, I, I'm out of work. Let me go get the next job. So, But I would be really surprised. And, I, and by the way, again, I have no insight on this, but I would be very surprised if it doesn't wind up being a veteran guy, again, Leslie Frazier, um, Ron Rivera, Steve Spagnuolo. I know Spags has a job. You know my point. Right. Uh, um, Wink Martindale, uh, Jim Schwartz. Veteran, well-known, established defensive coordinator. I'd be surprised if it's not that guy. Yeah, and again, I like Rivera because he also brings the 13 years of head coaching experience, you know, to have a, a little bit more of a, of a you know, a, a – another source for Doug to go through. You know, Doug's obviously an experienced guy, but anybody should always want to continue learning and put themselves around people that, you know, you learn from and not just our yes man. And, you know, I don't think Doug approaches it that way. I think Doug wants to, you know, I think he views it as you're always educating yourself and in this profession and in life. And so 
I think Rivera would be a good lieutenant for Doug uh, from a head coaching perspective as well. Uh, he did a lot of good things. I mean, again, this is a guy that was 15-1, and one, took Carolina to a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, his, his career record is just under 500. But, I mean, again, he had to deal with a Dan Snyder Washington club that was a fiasco. Uh, and so I think in, in looking at and, – and, again, it may not be Ron Rivera. But, I mean – But a guy like but, that. But it's going to be a seasoned NFL veteran coordinator. And, and the reason that the – you're right, it's great that he fired these guys immediately so they can find other jobs. But the biggest <laughs> thing is the, the train doesn't really stop. I mean, the Jaguars need to get a defensive coordinator in so he can build his staff. The Senior Bowl is like two weeks away, basically. You want to get that new defensive coordinator out there. You want to start getting – you know, him looking at these prospects, hey, who, who looks good? You want to start building your free agency board. So you want the coordinator to have, you know, some sort of a say in that in terms of and, – and just having the meetings about, okay, what's the scheme going to look like? What are we doing here? What, what are we looking for and what do we absolutely have to prioritize on that side of the ball? Like we think we know, but a defensive coordinator is going to come in with perhaps a, a different perspective on things. Uh, you know, he may want to play Trayvon Walker inside. Well, if that's the case, then, you know, edge becomes, you know, an issue. I mean, and that's assuming Josh Allen comes back. You know, you, what are they going to do uh, at, at corner, you know, at nickel? I, I, so, I mean, to me, there's, there's a lot of things that they've got to get on the same page quick because this is, I think, a, a playoffs or bust year coming up for Doug Peterson and, and the Jaguars. So you've got to get – up to speed as quickly as you can with this new coordinator and his staff so that you are not behind in any way like they were in the offseason that they hired Doug Peterson and they didn't make that hire until well after the Senior Bowl. So all that evaluation was unable to be used at all. If Robert Sala was fired by the Jets, and I don't I don't necessarily think he's going to be, but if he was, would he make a great defensive great coordinator? Canada, hire? Yeah. Great candidate. Great Well-respected guy. But he's coming back. Yeah, I think he, so. he, no, he is coming back. Yeah. But but to your question, but yeah, players love him. He's he's a really good dude. He's very very respected. No, I think he's coming back too. But I but I think it's a guy like that. I, I again, I would be very surprised if it's not a guy that's done it for a while. Uh, not a guy. That, I, I just get the sense it's a guy that is that has been around. Um, and I don't even mean Jim Leonard or a guy that's done it a little bit. I mean a guy that's really been around. I mean I thought about Jesse Minner, the young guy that's. He's very popular on all the lists that you read. I thought, but 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 I but I would think more of an NFL guy, and it could be him. But he, I, would, I think, served as the Ravens' defensive backs coach at one point in time. He's been in the NFL. Yeah, he's been in the NFL, but he's not been a coordinator there. He's only forty. If we're right. talking about seasoned, more yeah. seasoned. Yeah, yeah. People. I, I think, I think the list really is, and I don't know that. And, and let me let me rephrase this. I should never say what I think the list is. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if on the list. Is Ron Rivera and Wink Martindale and Leslie Frazier and Matt Patricia and guys that have just been around and done this? And I and I and I don't know which ones Doug has a close relationship with, um, but I think that. Having said all that too, I agree or disagree. Lauren, go first with what I said earlier, and that is, they feel like they've got something going here. This isn't young. Let's bring in a young guy to help develop. This is a all right. We screwed this up. We were eight and three. It got away from us. We lost five out of six. I mean, I almost. I mean, again, I. I. This was decisive. This was very decisive, in 
when you're that decisive, you think you've got a lot of the pieces. Agree or disagree? I totally agree. And I think it shows how frustrated they were internally down the stretch. And, and so that's the message to not just fans, but to the team is this was not good enough. The performances that you had to end this season, you should have landed in the postseason and you should have been feeling pretty good about your postseason chances, at least early on. And the fact that the defense allowed 28 points to the Titans, a Titans team that had the one of the worst offensive lines in all of the NFL. That's the thing. And not, not only 28 points, but just got pushed around. The defense had, the defense had no. They were in the um, wrong positions yeah. throughout much of the season, not just that game. But, boy, this game, Hayes, it looked way – for a team that had struggled as mightily, we all talked all week about how bad that Titans offensive line was and how old Tannehill was, and how Derek, even though he finished second in the league in rushing, I guess he's not that over the hill. But they didn't have a lot of weapons outside, and and all the, and the Houston just buried him the week before. And it was easy for the Titans' offense in that game. That's the thing that frustrated you, I think. I mean, Derek Henry averaged nine yards a pop. Well, and Spears looked yeah. like he was running a million miles an didn't hour yeah. compared to the Jaguar yeah. defenders. Yes, and he, he is a fast player, but it's not that stark well, a difference in speed and, and, between Spears and what the Jaguars have defensively. Yeah, yeah, so so but I think that I think that's the thing that it just looked so not easy. It's never easy, but the way the Titans played against them, yeah, this was a very decisive move by by Doug Peterson. Yeah, the other thing too here is you're going to need this coordinator to to save you some of your ammunition because this you can't just say well, we're going to hire a new coordinator and the defense is going to get the lion's share of the draft capital and the free agent money and things like that because that's not the setup they have. I mean, the offensive line is priority number one. We'll see, but receiver could certainly be uh, something that they have to invest in depending on what happens with Ridley and Zay Jones. Uh, so as you look at it, it's probably going to be an offseason where the resources are kind of split on both sides of the ball. So you need to find a coordinator – that is savvy enough to guide you through some things and has seen enough in the league to go, you know, say, hey, this guy is not going to cost us a lot, but I really like him, whether it's that he's coached him before or he's gone up against him. You know, this is a guy who's not going to cost us a lot, but trust me, the way we are going to do things here, he's going to be really valuable for us. That's going to be great value for us. That's what you need. You need this defensive coordinator to be able to use some savvy to give you some value on some things that are going to be low cost because that offense can't be ignored. No, it certainly can't. And, I mean, I think at the end of the day, everybody has to do a better job personnel-wise, to your point. The, the GM has to select some better draft picks, and then the coaching staff has to use, utilize them better. I will say this. Get the right guy in here. And, and, and I think they definitely need to, to, to land two good defensive linemen. I hope they're free agent guys but two good physical defensive linemen. I do think a lot of the other pieces are there. I, I, I do. I think a lot of the pieces are there, so we'll see, see what ends up happening. Let's keep, keep it on the NFL one more time. We'll get to Michigan-Washington in a moment. But let's talk about some of the open jobs, where they're headed, who are the best candidates of the jobs, um, what surprises do we have. Already Black Monday hit, didn't it? And there's a lot of stuff uh, to discuss. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. 
Always a Nimnik Tuesday here on the Frangie Show. We're going to get to the open NFL jobs and the best candidates for each one, how attractive those jobs are. But I do have a question for you all that I was thinking of all during the game and since. If the Jaguars had drafted Derrick Henry in 2016 instead of Miles Jack, how many more wins would this franchise have? Gosh. 150. <laughs> <laughs> Because Miles Jack was taken, I think it was like 36. Yeah, I mean, just round. a few, yeah, just a few spots yeah. ahead of Derrick Henry. And oh. I think the Jaguars had just taken Yeldon in the draft prior in the second round. Oh, okay. I think, if memory serves. So they had just kind of invested in a running back. Which and really obviously, worked out well. TJ, TJ Yeldon, yeah, was a, was a, a disappointment. Um, and, you know, and Miles Jack was a nice player, but certainly uh, he's not going to Canton. As it appears, the Yuli bulldozer will will one day find himself enshrined. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it would have been a substantial impact if they'd taken Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's inter- it's interesting because Miles Jack was so much a part of of that seventeen run. You know, he was so much a part of the of the of Saxonville, and you wonder how different everything would have been without him. But obviously, Derrick Henry changes everything. Imagine if Derrick Henry had been on the 17 team, even if Miles Jack wasn't, because they had Leonard Fournette and they were a running team. Imagine if they had Derrick. Well, that's the thing. And, and again, if, if, if let's say that those are the only two things that switch. So right. the Jaguars still have the same exact record their rookie years. Uh, so now at fourth overall, you're not taking Fournette. So how does that change what your team looks like? I mean, it's – Again, it's fascinating to to go down the rabbit hole of of the what ifs because yeah, it, they they had two shots at Derrick Henry and T.J. Yeldon was the was the apple of their eye. Yeah, there you go. It's just it also when you look at it, how many more wins would the Jaguars have had over the Titans if the Titans didn't have Derrick Henry? And again, they would have drafted somebody else. That's a good point. That. But yeah. all the times that Derrick Henry basically just, I mean, smashed the Jaguars and. It just I was thinking about it because I was thinking about Fred Taylor. If Fred Taylor in his prime had been on this Jaguars team before yeah. the Jaguars lost yeah. the Titans, how many more wins would this sure. specific Jaguars team have, even with the bad offensive line? Uh, and then, yeah, you go to look at it. By the way, so the Jaguars had taken Leonard Fournette fourth. Uh, a few guys that come after, Corey Davis, Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes. How about that? <laughs> McCaffrey and Mahomes. Yeah, so there you go. All right, the NFL jobs that are open. The Titans became the sixth team to have an open job uh, as of today. So Mike Rabel survives Black Monday, but then gets fired the next day. All right, so so there's there's six jobs open. I would imagine Jim Harbaugh is going to have one of those jobs. I, I it would be a, and I know he's got a ten year, hundred twenty five million dollar offer on the table from Michigan, but it would be a gigantic upset at this point if he's not in the NFL. He, yeah. He's kind of made it clear. What did he say? There's unfinished business. Yeah, Vrabel and Harbaugh be two of the, two Six, of the, yeah, the, and it'll probably end right. up being eight, but two right. of the eight. Yeah, because the Patriots could come open, right? And and we could have another job for him. Yeah. So so, so if you're Vrabel, we all know the connections to the Patriots, but wouldn't yeah. you rather pick the Chargers where Justin Herbert is? Yeah, yeah. Although I think he's he's really he's a Patriots guy. Yeah, he and he's a he's, and they pick third overall. Yeah, so I, th- I yeah, he's a Patriots guy now. So I think Mike Vrabel to the Patriots. There's something to that. Yeah, so. and he's won with. I mean, he's won in Tennessee with. I mean, if you look at the quarterbacks they had in the Vrabel era, right. I mean, they're all at best average and to lousy. So, um, but yeah, I would think if it, I would think 
Vrabel is 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 going to be the Patriots head coach, and you know, which again then puts arguably the greatest coach of all time who on wants, the free agent market who, as well. Who wants to keep coaching? Right. He's, he's made it clear he he would like to stay, but if not, he he would go somewhere. So, but I I would rather have the Chargers job to your point. But I think the connection is so strong, and and the Spanos family just doesn't have a great reputation as owners. So I don't know that Vrabel would hitch his wagon to, um, to that even with Justin Herbert. Kraft is going to pay him a lot more. Yeah, if he negotiated that. So so, so let's say this. Um, let's say New England comes open and Vrabel becomes the coach. I think Harbaugh. I'm pretty confident that Harbaugh winds up with the Chargers or in Vegas. You agree with that? Yes. I, I'm very confident. There, there is some. There is some. There is some belief it's going to be Vegas. There's some belief it's going to be Vegas, not the Chargers. I've heard that. Jim Harbaugh let loose in Vegas. I know. Yeah, what a right. world. Which then puts Antonio Pierce out there. Correct. Who I thought did a nice job. I thought Absolutely. he did, too. I thought he did, too. And he could be a defensive coordinator somewhere yeah. if he's yeah. not going to be yeah. a head coach. And if Pierce winds up getting the Vegas job and Harbaugh winds up with the Chargers, which certainly could happen, then let's look at some of the other jobs and some of the other candidates. I think the hottest candidate out there that's not a retread of any kind is Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. He's the next – Offensive wonderkind, is he not? He's the one you hear the most. Yeah, he's he certainly has a lot of momentum. Uh, Bobby Slowick has a ton right now because of the work that he's done with C.J. Stroud. Agreed. Uh, and uh, and D'Amico Ryans is obviously a defensive-minded coach. So the enemy is still out is, there. Is getting a lot of credit for the Texans' offensive yep. success. A B enemy, Mike McDonald, the Ravens' defensive coordinator. Um, I think those are the hot names: Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick. I still think B enemy is a hot name. Mike McDonald, my gut tells me there's a pretty good chance those four guys are in the mix for somewhere. Don't don't you think? Yeah, I think Dan Quinn gets a job. He's a retread, but it. Dan Quinn I think gets a job if yeah. he wants back in. I, I I and I do. I think that I think that that list I agree of Dan Quinn, Brian Flores. There's a handful of retreads that I think get another shot at it. Yeah. Um, One thing that's really interesting, particularly since Frank, your your buddies with him is Todd Munkin because yeah. he's really and he's. I mean, I'm assuming he's gonna do the interviews because I, teams have requested permission. Right. So I would assume that, you know, that permission is going to be, well, granted, but that, that Munkin is interested in it. You know. Uh, and he'd be – I think he'd be fantastic. I do too. I'm real interested to see how Munk does with his next head coaching job. He did – now, look, it was college and it was Southern Miss, but he didn't like it. He, he, he I can tell you, he didn't, when he went to Southern Miss, he didn't like it. And he – which is why he went back to the league as a coordinator. Remember, he, of his own volition, left a head coaching job in college to be a coordinator in the NFL. It's usually the other way around. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So he went He went. How there. many years ago was that now, 12? Something like that. Something like that. I, uh, I know I've told this story on the air, but I'll tell it again. He interviewed here for the coordinator job under Marone, and one day earlier had interviewed for the head job with the Jets. Is that when Sala got it? Maybe or no? It'd been before. It would have been four years ago. Did Sala get it four years ago, or somebody else have it four years ago? Uh, Sala, I don't think has been there One, four years. Two, it it might have been four or five. Maybe five years ago. Whoever had it before him. But he but he interviewed for the Jets. He interviewed for the Jets job, the head job. The next the next day, he interviewed here with Marone for the coordinator job. All right. I remember talking to him on the phone after the Marone interview. I was driving, in fact, driving out of here. I was on Southside Boulevard going on to beach. Adam Gase was 2019 <clears throat> and 2020. That's right. So it was when Gase got it. It was when Gase got the job. So, and I remember 
Monk, I said, how did he, he said, I didn't do a very good job. I said, with Doug today? Doug? He, said, he said, Doug said I did, but I, I could tell I didn't do a very good job. But I've told this story before. And, and Cleveland really wanted him. The Browns really wanted him. And must have been, it must have been 19. But it was probably right around that time. So <laughs> he goes, uh, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about going back to college. He said, because Kirby's doing everything he can to get me to take the job. I said, really? I didn't even know you knew Kirby. He said, yeah, I did. We, you know, clinics and camps and. He said, we got to know each other. He said, he really wants me to take the job. I said, bro, I can't see you coaching at Georgia. I, 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 just, I just don't see. He said, no, I know. He said, I'm just telling you. I said, I, can't, I just can't see it. He said, well, it's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, so he takes the Browns job. And one year – is it one year later? Wasn't it one year later? He went with the Browns. Yeah, right. He, he took the one Georgia year, job. Yeah. One year later, he's with Kirby at Georgia winning national championships. You know, so uh, he was there. Both he was there two years and then titles. won the title he both, both years. He, both right. he was there three seasons. Oh, 2020, he was there. 2021 and twenty twenty two at the, Georgia. So the Browns just one year, right? Yes, just one just year. Twenty nineteen. So again, I, I, so that's well, that's when we had the conversation. The, the conversation was, so it was when Gase got the job, and so and so the Jags, Marone must have hired a coordinator that year because I know he interviewed for it that year. So anyway, so but so I don't know. We'll see how he does. I don't I don't know. I don't hear his name as much, but I think he'd be very good. I think. Um, I think Brian Johnson would be good. The coordinator in the Eagles used to be with the Gators. What do you he, think? He of Brian? would be great, but the Eagles slide is probably it's hurt him. him. That's the word is the fact that they the way they've tumbled will will work against him. But I, I think he I think he's a sharp guy. Uh, you know, Denny knows him really well. Talks about him all the time. It might make sense for the Eagles to fire Sirianni and just promote him. Yeah, I don't think they're doing that though. I, I don't I don't think that I don't think Sirianni's out. But but by the way, are they going to lose at Tampa? Yes, they're gonna. They might lose. They may be one and done. They've lost five of six. We yeah. know all about that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think Harbaugh, Vrabel, Ben Johnson are the top three candidates. I think those three will have a job without thinking twice. For me, I hope Bieniemy gets a job. Yeah, you know, he. In, in fairness to Eric Bieniemy, he's been out there a long time. He deserves a crack at this. He, he, people forget this because it was so long ago. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, it was Eric Bieniemy before Eric Bieniemy was Tony Dungy. Could not get a hot. Could not get a job. Do you do you do you remember that at all? Yes. Couldn't get a job. Mm-hmm. He was always the guy interviewed. Always the guy interviewed. Nobody would hire him. Defensive whiz. Right. Even here, I think when Wayne Weaver talked to him, everybody thought this would finally be the job he got, and he hired Tom Coughlin. That turned out to be a pretty good hire. Mm-hmm. But but I remember, I remember Tony Dungy was the job guy that could not get hired, and then didn't was great. The problem with the enemy now is he's going to have the sourness of the Commanders because their season did right. not go according to plan, right. and so. You, whether it's true or not, people always like to hire the rising person, That's not right. someone who's taken a step back, even though it may not have been their fault that the team took a step back. Yeah, I think Ben Johnson's going to get a job, which makes me wonder, will Brunel have a chance to be the coordinator there? He's the quarterback's coach there so. now. I would hope so. I would hope, Mark Brunel's a good football coach. And, uh, in addition to being a former Jag and our buddy, he's a good football coach. And I, and I would think, I would think that Mark would have a chance. If Ben Johnson gets a job, Assuming that's what Brunel wants to do, and that's the path he wants, I would think Mark Brunel would have a great chance of being a coordinator for a very good Lions team. Yeah, I'd, I would think so as well. You know, uh, we'll see if if Ben Johnson ends up, you know, getting something. Um, you know, again, we've we've wouldn't brought you be up, shocked if he didn't get something. I wouldn't this year? be shocked. You would Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, I mean, again, if the Lions, you know, play great, beat the Rams, you know, Goff scores thirty one. Uh, you know, and they get hot, then then absolutely. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if if he doesn't get a job. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either because you never know. Just because someone's a good coach doesn't always mean that they interview well, and obviously that goes into it uh, for the head coaching jobs. 
Frank, what about Fred Taylor as the running backs coach you here know, since he's advocating himself? Wouldn't that be, I, you know, I, I don't know what kind of coach Fred would be. I don't know how much interest he had in it, but would there? there's nothing bad about Fred being around, is there? I mean, Fred, Fred Taylor being around, if you haven't met Fred, he's one of the most nice, engaging, gentle-spirited people you've ever met, and he was a, just a phenomenal football player that belongs in Canton. I didn't. I didn't know Fred had interest in it until I saw it. I don't until know if he ever, tweeted it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Until, until I saw him tweet it, and I don't know if he was kidding or serious. But uh, but who who wouldn't want, who wouldn't want Fred? You around? You could do a lot worse than having. Oh Freddie my T goodness! Who wouldn't coach? want Freddie around? You're exactly right. So we'll see what winds up happening. A lot of jobs open, and of course the Jags have a lot of assistant coach jobs open as well. Take a break. When we come back, uh, there's a champion of college football. We'll give you our thoughts on that game after this. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Bumps into traffic and escapes. Donovan Edwards racing to the end zone. Today, I just let everything flow. I found myself stressing and I got to make this play. When I was stressing myself, the plays, they were there to be made and I didn't make them. So today, I'm just... I'm relieving everything. Donovan Edwards, who scored the touchdown in the first possession, back in the game, and he's loose again. Edwards, off and running. Welcome back, Donovan Edwards. Being on the podium last year and saying that we'll be back, I knew the guys that were coming back, and I just, I had this feeling that it was going to be where we are right now. And, you know, just all credit goes to, you know, the players on this team, everybody in that facility, Coach Harbaugh. Like, that man, he's the reason we're here today. There are people out there that believe whatever Michigan does is tainted. It's up to you to decide. But hail, hail Michigan. They are the champions of college football 2023. You mentioned all those accomplishments. Would you want to add winning a Super Bowl to that? I just want to enjoy this. Can a guy have that? It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Michigan wins at 34-13, really laid it to Washington. It's a weird game in that it didn't feel like a blowout a lot of the game. It was close for a while. Um, the I thought wo- it was going to be 21-3 early on, and I was yeah. like, well, there yeah. went our fun game that we got to yeah. watch. But, but then it was, was it 17-10 or 2013 or something? 17-10, 17-10 and yeah. Washington had the ball to start the second half. That's right. And so it, they were in it. And they had yeah. the one play down the right sideline. The holding called it back. I thought it was the biggest play of the game. Uh, and it was called back uh, at that at that point, and then Michigan pulled away. Well, I will say this: the Michigan is the most deserving champion you could be. Michigan beat all comers. They won 15 games. They beat a very good Ohio State team. They it's not their fault they didn't get to play Georgia, but they beat the team that beat Georgia, mm-hmm. and then they rolled the champion the 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 other undefeated team in their championship game last night. Michigan won with old school football. Michigan won because how many times have we said it? The more physical team usually wins the game, and Michigan was the more physical team in about every game they played. That was a really good championship team. That was a tough, physical – the quarterback's okay. J.J. McCarthy's okay. Probably going to play in the NFL for a while. Maybe he's a backup. But but the – toughness, the physicality, the running game, the blocking and tackling, that was a really good that was a good football team. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. There wasn't any fancy offense. Um Michigan was the best team. And you could say Georgia might have been better, but Georgia doesn't get to say that. 
Georgia played the same Alabama team that Michigan played, and Michigan beat them, and, and Georgia didn't. And I, th- I have great respect for Georgia. But Michigan was as deserving a champion, what, regardless of what you think about the scouting and the, and the whatever, sign-stealing, deserving champion uh, from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah, not only did they go 15-0, they also did it without their head coach on the sidelines for multiple games. So Six because games, of yeah. yeah, because of the sign-stealing uh, stuff. So I think they are the deserving champion. And like you said, old-school football, to have two running backs in a national championship game have over 100 yards, that is almost unheard of in today's day and age of college football or pro football even. And so I think, yeah, Michigan lined up. They were – I think they knew going in they were the better team. And – Kalen DeBoer tried to get his Mich- or his Washington team ready, but when Michael Penix throws two picks, you're not going to win the football game. It's an interesting uh, display of patience uh, with with Jim Harbaugh. Now he's it's his alma mater, and he obviously was a very accomplished head coach prior to going to Michigan. But the thing that that I come away with is, you know, it, it looked like for a long time he wasn't going to lead Michigan to this point. Uh, he starts out in 2015. Goes ten and three his first two years. Okay, that's pretty good. Then he goes eight and five in year three. Follows that up with a ten and three, which is again <clears throat> solid, but not spectacular at Michigan. Uh, that nine and three then becomes a nine and four in the twenty nineteen season, which then leads to a two and four in the COVID shortened season. But they stuck with him. And since then, he's been unbelievable. Twelve and two, then thirteen and one, and now fifteen and zero. So, again, even for a coach like Jim Harbaugh, sometimes it does take time to to build something up. So it's a good, you know, for coaches out there that are beleaguered and looking for more time. Uh, what Jim Harbaugh just did at Michigan is is a good reminder for athletic directors of if you feel like you've got your guy, and again, he's way more proven than a lot of the guys that are on the hot seat. So that makes it easier because you knew it was in there. But uh, but but to his credit, this is his you know he 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 languished for about six years in either bad or or just kind of pretty good play, and and now they're the best team in the country. And that's a great message. Quit firing coaches every time you blink and they do something wrong. Quit firing coaches after two years. Quit firing coaches after three years. And and I think that, and he is the perfect example. And you made a good point, Hayes. He, he was a legacy, and a legacy at a school gets a little more leeway, and I, and I get that. And other than the COVID year, which people don't really count, he didn't have an abysmal year. I mean, he, his bad years were eight or nine wins, which is why he was able to continue to forward on. But you're right. Sure, it's hard not to think in this day and age, a guy, go, a guy loses four games in his sixth year, he's probably fired. So quit fire. Jim Harbaugh is the war, is the best example of quit firing coach. Eli, Eli Drinkwitz, too. Quit firing coaches. And Harbaugh had lost four straight bowl games. Four straight. Uh, he actually ended up losing. This is really unusual. He ended up losing six straight bowl games before beating uh, Alabama in the Rose Bowl this year. So, uh, but, you know, but it, it's one thing to lose a bowl game when you've won 12 games or won 13 games. Correct. I agree. Uh, but, but he was losing the bowl games to finish nine and four. So, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a good thing that, uh, that Michigan stuck by him. And it, it was cool to see, uh, I didn't really love the Michigan story. They didn't play anybody. I didn't really care too much about the sign stealing thing. Uh, cause I just think everybody does that. Right. Um, the, uh, the out of conference bothered me cause it was so putrid. I mean, they just didn't, te- they knew, I think the suspension was coming cause he was suspended right. for like, 
in the beginning of the year for something that was unrelated to the sign stealing. It was like, it was an NCAA violation of some kind. And so they, they had all these cream puffs. They played nothing out of conference. The, the conference schedule is really Penn State and Ohio State. So I, I didn't love that part of it, but it, it was cool to see the run game be so dominant and the passing game be really so limited. Uh, I mean, they ran for over 300 yards in the national title game. I would imagine it's been a while since we've seen that. I mean, I'm sure. Unless no- Georgia did it to TCU. I, well, gonna, well, that's true. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, Nebraska did it to Florida. Um, but, uh, but I can't, you know, in this day and age, you always think of, like, Joe Burrow and – you know, just throwing it all over the place to win the national title, not not running it on the ground for 304 yards. Actually, Georgia only ran it last year against TCU 254 yards ah. and then passed for 335 wow. for a total of 589. That's amazing. Yeah, I think, Frank, to your point as far as not firing, if you're the mission athletic director, who are you going to get that's better than Jim Harbaugh at right. Michigan? That, that's why well, I, and that's you can't fire him. Who Who's yeah. taking that job that's better than him? Well, and that's the thing. They they could go back to, look, the guy was 12-1 and at Stanford in 2010. Uh, the guy led the San Francisco 49ers to an NFC title and a Super Bowl appearance. So you had that. That's yes. what a lot of yes. coaches on the Correct. hot seats, they don't have. Right. You know, you're not, if you're a Florida fan, or you're not going to hang your hat on the fact that Billy Napier won some minor bowl because he was the Sun Belt champion. I mean, that's not going to carry the the credibility of yeah. what Jim Harbaugh has on his resume. I still think, and you're right. I'm not talking this about yeah. Napier. I'm right, I'm about just in, throwing that yeah, out. But yeah, but in in general, I really believe we. It's so hard to build <clears throat> programs that fire coaches quickly. Usually, keep firing coaches quickly. If you if you look around, if you're a fan. Once you got fired after two years, you're probably a fan of a school that's lost for a while and is going to keep losing. I, I'm a big – that doesn't mean there's not sometimes. I mean, Willie Taggart should have gone after two years. He was the wrong guy. But I think for the most part, when you keep firing guys after two or three years, and I really believe this, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna continue on. So that's one storyline. The other storyline is I don't think Michigan had a bunch of five-stars. I don't think Michigan had a bunch of guys – Michigan was not going to necessarily outrun everybody. But you know what they did have? Those 22- and 23-year-old offensive linemen and defensive linemen, veteran guys who had played. They were really good at the line of scrimmage, and they were really old. You know who else was that same way? Florida State. I'll bet you if Jordan Travis never got hurt, obviously if FSU – if Jordan Travis never got hurt, Florida State would have been in. I will tell you, I think Florida State and Michigan – would have been a heck of a game. I also think Georgia and Michigan would have been a heck of a game. All those teams, Hayes, they had physicality. The def- Listen, you got to have fast receivers in pretty passing games. But if you look at the best teams in the country this year, and I'm not going to put Washington in there. Washington, one of them. Well, I, I shouldn't say they are one of the best teams. But I'm, they're, they're not going to fit this, this comment. But Michigan, Georgia, Florida State before the injury, Alabama, none of those teams had fancy passing games. Now, Carson Beck's a good player, and J.J. McCarthy's a good player. But they weren't built around a fancy passing game. They were built around being tougher and more physical than you at the point of impact, and that's what these teams have to start building. It's great if you're good at quarterback, but be tough and physical at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the last three national championships – have been won by Stetson Bennett and J.J. McCarthy. That's been the quarterback, Stetson Bennett and J.J. McCarthy, who may never start an NFL game between them, right? 
Yes. Stetson will. McCarthy, I've seen draft now in in mock drafts, is going as early as 13. Kuiper has him like as the fifth best player in the draft. I mean, that to me, that's ludicrous. So he he most likely will will start, but yeah. yeah. He may be drafted so high he's forced to start. He may be Mac Jones. But I don't see starter. I mean, I think Mac Jones in college, far superior player. But the point is, it wasn't a fancy passing game. It was tough physicality, older, veteran, tough, physical guys at the line of scrimmage, the same way Florida State's built, and that's who won the title. Absolutely. Speaking of Florida State and the draft, I've also seen the Jaguars at 17 overall taking Jared Verse. How would you feel about that? I'd love it. I think I'd he's fantastic. I love it, love it, I, yeah. love it. I, I, I absolutely. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's going to be – I think there's a great chance it's going to be a null because Keon Coleman may be there, mm-hmm. and that would make sense, particularly if you end up moving on from Zay Jones. Uh, or you don't sign Calvin Ridley, uh, and, and I, ho- I hope it's not a receiver. No disrespect yeah. to Keon, I hope it's a I hope it's a guy that weighs three hundred. Yeah, pounds. but play but, him wherever you want. That's what I hope. But it I is. will say, like you can find guards in the third, fourth round. You can find interior defensive linemen if you're looking for more of the bolt than the. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're a special defensive tackle that yeah. can get after the passer, you're no, going I hear you. in the top ten. But uh, so it, it it just may fall the way it falls, where it's like. Well, at 17, there isn't really an interior offensive lineman that you would say you got to take here, and there may be not, there may not be an interior de- like a run stuffer defensive tackle that you know you would take, and in that case, you know maybe receiver is the value. But but I to your point, not to get us off on yeah. a you know a topic we'll go over a million times between <laughs> now and April 28th. Um, I uh, I would I would sign up for Jared Verse right now. If you yeah. told me Jared Verse right now and move Trayvon Walker inside uh, for you know the majority mm-hmm. of his snaps, I think that would with Josh Allen that would give me a whole lot of pleasure. Yeah. Sometimes me, I me ask. Too. Me too. Sometimes I ask questions and I don't know the answers to them. That question I already knew that both of you would, would well, sign up for. But it. that's what they need. Absolutely. The Jags need physical linemen, whether it's a left guard or an edge or a, or a two gap tackle, defensive tackle. That I I think. That that is, and again, I think, right? We we deserve to have this week to be disappointed, and we're all very disappointed. Um, but I think there's if they if they make the right decisions in the off season, if they keep the right players, if they move on from a handful, if they add the right, I think there's man, I think there's something there. I I I really do. I I think there's something there when the uh, when the season's over, and a next year. Too early power pole comes out. Where will they be? Fifteenth, twelfth, maybe. I was thinking fifteenth. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I well, I'll be. We'll see. We'll see where they, where they, where they land next year. So, the but problem it, is, it's going to be too easy for national writers to look at Trevor Lawrence's stats and the issues that he had, and that's a lot of times what they go off of when they write the power rankings. And so they're going to say, "Well, Trevor had a step back. I'm not going to put them in the top ten or anywhere close to that until he proves me wrong." We'll take a break. More in a moment. Ten ten seven ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. They still feuding? You know, I'm Googling it right now because I'm, <laughs> I'm mesmerized by this. Uh, you know where I was going, didn't you? I did. Uh, uh. Uh, I just don't. I don't like them. I don't either. It's uh, 
it's dark and disturbing. Um, it? it doesn't appear like there's been any yeah. updates since December 7th. So, you know, things cooled down for the holidays and, right. you know, we're still getting geared. The legal right. system's getting right. kind of geared back up now and as we get into, you know, back to working. Right. and. So okay. we'll see, but Hall and Oates. I mean, if 2024 can give us yeah. anything, right? Can yeah. it please give us Hall and Oates? And like, I'll broker being, it. Being friends again, I'll broker it without inviting. Yeah. call me. I'll get you in the room. We'll yeah. talk. You know, we'll talk about you know pizza and, and friendships and beer. John yeah, Oates says he's moved on. He's, he is. Oh, really? That's what he said. Okay. But he's not the one being sued. <laughs> I don't know. Right? <laughs> no, no. I think I think Hall Oates is, is one, being it's, sued. It's a restraining order against him, right? Well, it's a whole legal thing, but that's part of the legal. That's a that's a part of the the yeah oats Hall is suing oats oh yeah so oats, oats is over it yeah. but yeah. oats really can't be over it because right. he's the one being sued yeah. so you're right. not really out of it <laughs> yeah. until a judge yeah. says you're out of it uh, so, uh, but, but he would, needs Hall to be over it but, and to drop the but case but here's the thing oats is about five four yeah but I think he'd win the fight I do too I, I think I mean and I feel he's quite one of the few five four guys ever ever favored in a fight I think he'd win the fight I I think yeah. he would I think he'd be Tyson Spinks I do too I, I mean I, I think he would wipe the floor with if there's any question hey speaking of music I have some news. Breaking news that never happened. Would you like to hear it? Breaking news that never happened. Would you like to hear it? Interesting. Fascinating, yes, of course. Well, I've got good sources on this. There's an outside chance that you might be one of them. Oh, yes, yes. I I may know where this is headed. Yeah, so last week we thought the Jags were going to be playing a home playoff game. Mm -hmm. Now, the playoff games have have entertainment. Yeah, we had American authors last year for the Chargers. Correct. I did not remember that, but mm-hmm. you're right. American author. Look at you. You're not afraid, are you? No. I was probably getting a halftime snack. <laughs> I'm uh, well. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have gotten a snack. Not this, this year. year. You wouldn't have, oh, because the man. word is out. Am I about to be heartbroken on top of the loss? Double heartbroken. Oh my gosh, my day's getting worse. Wait till you hear. A year. Is I'm gonna turn this over now. So I've got a friend. He went to bowls. Used to be a maitre d. Yeah. <laughs> the house wine tonight is a lovely Chablis. Would you do me a favor? Would you do me a favor? Yeah. Would you deliver the news that had the Jaguars played at home against the Cleveland Browns, who the halftime act would have been? Would you mind? It would be my honor. Okay. The halftime band would have been Low Cash. Low Cash was coming! <laughs> For real? Can yeah. you believe? I mean, Low John Cash. John Osher was... would have signed off on that? <laughs> well, John Osher does Oh, know. we had a laugh. <laughs> Low cash was coming. Yeah, can that's, you imagine? That's all they could get. Are you kidding? Oh, are you kidding me? All they could get is yeah. low cash. Well, I mean, you it's have to nobody, hope. That nobody knows low cash. I was going to say, me. don't you have to hope that Dylan shows Dylan up to and join them? Teddy, and, and they're all coming. Yeah, I mean, so, so, um, uh, Jeff Lynn's still around. So yeah, low cash was coming when he told me that. I thought it was one of the most spectacular pieces of news I've ever heard. And part of that, by the way, you know where they. W- you know I thought you were about to tell me like Garth Brooks. <laughs> and I was about Forget to be that. literally again, devastated. Again, American <laughs> authors right. was the act yeah, last yeah, year. Low point. cash was coming. Instead, they'll be in Lincoln City, Oregon. Um, Bakersfield, California. Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Where is Quakertown, Pennsylvania? It's right next Quakers to uh, Quaker. <laughs> yeah. Arcadia, Wisconsin. Oh, that's, that's lovely. <laughs> lovely time country. of year. And Sacramento. <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't you have been excited? We all kind of thought of you then. I'm sure you did because you've made fun of low cash for years now. <laughs> okay. um, but nobody knows low cash. Like, so are they not on? Y- are American they not even authors. on your list? Uh no. 
I mean, they're fun and all, but they're okay. not a good country. Yeah, we, so that would not have gotten you fired off. No, no, not at all. We, but, did get a, we got a yeah. kick out of it. We got a kick out of it. But I'm sure you did. Yeah. So, but low cash. But when we, we did hear they were coming. I mean, I mean, low cash was yeah. coming. So, so low so. cash would have been here. I bet they were coming for free. Yeah. And, and by the way, who was here for the last the last game? American authors? No, but who was here like oh. like a couple weeks ago? Oh, oh. Sunday nighter. Was it a Sunday nighter or the Monday nighter? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, there was somebody. Uh, somebody that they made oh, fun of me for not they made fun of me for not knowing who it was. The person who sang the national anthem also sang "God Bless America," the one that was on the Voice, Paris. No, is that who we're no, talking no. About? This was somebody uh, just a couple weeks ago. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, was like uh, a twenty years ago. It was R and B, right? Yes, right. it was R and B. But it was, but it was I'm Sean cl- Kingston. That's yes. what it was. That's there we go. Was. In our, in You're our, way too beautiful, girl. That's that's it. That's but, probably the only Sean Kingston song in I the know. in the broadcast meeting. Um, they were all <laughs> laughing about the fact that Sean Kingston's coming after all these years and then laughing hard at the fact that I didn't know who Sean Kingston was. So, mm-hmm. so Did I, they start to sing you the song? And, and then, then I knew. Yeah, then, see, and, that's and, the thing. And then I, I didn't know until I knew. So then I went. Well, well, people, I could sing you low-cash songs and you would never. Right, like, they haven't been on country radio in years. So really? That, yeah, they're not popular. I mean, I like them. Like I said, yeah. I don't, want, have well, to, I don't of, want them to take any offense by what I'm and saying. And because of you, they're popular with us. So, so, yeah. so there's Correct. that. So you, so you get that credit. So yeah. anyway, we heard, we heard that yesterday. I will say this on a serious note. I mean, that's serious too because they were coming. But on another serious note, I wonder how much the Jags, the city, us at the radio station. I mean, we we qualify for this too. So many other businesses. How much of a gut punch it was they didn't get in. Uh, it's a huge gut punch. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, huge gut punch. I mean, restaurants and and bars. Right. Uh, not just the other game, but just the excitement throughout the week. I mean, we did those pep rally shows. We did two pep rally shows last year. That Just those types of things generate revenue. Obviously, tickets and hotels and all that stuff as well. And then you've got yeah, you've got businesses that would have had additional advertising as well. Yeah. We had sponsorships sold that I mean, we, we put now. We know yeah. here at the radio station we had sponsorships sold. you got to believe the Jaguars had sponsorships sold. They had tickets sold. They oh, had, absolutely. They had, I mean, again, we, we joke about low cash, God bless you, but you got to believe there's pregame parties and there's, you know, I mean, there's got, and I mean, God, I mean, that, and that's the world of sports, by the way. That, yeah. That's how professional sports go. Or, I mean, I mean, you, you, you are sometimes, uh, how much money you make is based on how good your team is or how much they win. I'll yeah. tell you the lesson that I've learned. I will not reach out to a client about a playoff sponsorship until I see an X next to the Jaguars. I will say. And it's locked in. We got an email a few weeks ago that referenced playoff tickets. And I was like, I'm not touching any playoff ticket email until the Jaguars actually make it into the postseason, which may end up being too late. But that's the way I like to go about it is don't count your chickens before they hatch. And by league rule, they have to offer them. That, 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 that's yes, a league. They do. You have, you have to offer tickets. Yes, and people you don't were get trying charged to make fun of the Jaguars. They just, right. They would have yeah. charged it, my understanding is, they wouldn't have charged it until the game was locked in. It was just more to reserve it. Right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. And, yeah, people have to make plans. Lessons and- learned. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully those you're, clients buy other sponsorships. You're still a little sore about that. I I'm that. incredibly sore <laughs> you really about are. it, to be quite I've honest. Noticed, I've noticed that. You're well, like, I have to deal with the fact that I don't get to see low cash that's, for the third yeah. time. It's worse for her. Yeah, it is worse all, for her. All you lose is money. That's true. She loses low cash. She loses a life experience. <laughs> a band that I've even chatted with before. Yeah, yeah, they have Was a that word. the lyric clarification? They had the word, yes. the word thing, yeah. right? The lyric clarification the first time I saw them at the Jacksonville Fair. 
And then the second time was up in Philadelphia for the Army-Navy game, and it's Philadelphia, so there are virtually no country music fans. But there was me, and literally no one else was listening to them, so I went up to them after to thank them for performing, and I was like, oh, by the way, I was the one who several years ago came up to you to discover exactly what you said in this one song. They were like, oh, we remember that. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that? yeah, that's me. O- I'm, yeah. I'm the it, weird one. And Ozier with the greatest line of all time. Was it the original Wilburys? Uh, Orbison, Petty, Dylan, and Lokesh. And then to this day, right. Ozier still thinks Lokesh is a guy. Doesn't he? Yeah. To this day, Ozier still thinks, he, he authored the great line of all time, he still thinks Lokesh is one. You know, I think it's, it's two. Two, right? Uh, two, yes. Two yeah. band members. Two people. We'll take a break. When we come back up. I want to get to some other stuff. College basketball starts now. Do you care? Um, and the playoffs – I don't want to watch the playoffs. I don't either. Do you, are you going through that at all? A hundred percent. I don't want to watch. I mean, I don't. I. I, I mean, I'm on pull for the Browns because I hate the Texans yeah, now. Yeah, but but I. And <laughs> um. But yeah, I, but, but I I this is I was trying to assess and we're, everybody in town's going through it. The team's going through it. The coaches, the players, the fans, all the fans. But I'm trying to think when you know it when you know it grabs your gut and twists and turns and pulls your insides out is. The NFL playoffs are freaking awesome. It's one game at a time. It's elimination football. There's no overlap in games. The stakes are so high. The stakes are so high. It's, it's, NFL playoffs are phenomenal. And by the way, I always enjoyed the NFL playoffs when the Jags sucked. Sure. I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I did. I mean, the, um, and, and now, golly, I just, it's going to be, I don't know. I mean, calling the game, the Chargers game being here and calling it and, the way it ended and the, how great it was and the field goal and Riley Patterson and had to – the place going wild and going to Kansas City and, man, oh, man. What's oh. really going to drive me nuts is if Cleveland shows up in Houston and lays an egg. Yeah. Like I think oh, they I think were Houston's, going to I do Houston, here. I think Houston's going to beat Cleveland. Oh, I'm going to pick no Houston, too. I think they're going to beat Because him. I believe Joe Flacco is getting ready to have a terrible game. Mm. But, you know, but now I'm hopeful that I'll just be wrong and Cleveland will – eliminate the Texans yeah. and, and you know it it it'll make me feel maybe a little bit better about it but what is today Tuesday yeah mm-hmm. I'm sure by like Saturday I'll be somewhat over it enough uh, to watch I'll, well but, I'm not saying I won't watch it's yeah. the NFL playoffs but there's a but different I, excitement level when you know your game's on Sunday and yeah, on right. Saturday yeah. you're gonna watch the the, yeah, up, the early games I mean, and all I mean that playoff stuff. I mean getting in the car to go drive downtown for the playoff game I mean, just get, getting in the car, man, you know. Which and it seems like we probably would have had the Saturday 430 window. I, I, I would guess. Yeah. I would guess. The that would have been absolutely perfect. Perfect. It's Saturday. Yeah. You win the game. You and go the party second on half's Saturday. in the dark. And yeah. I mean, it, and, you, yeah. And, then, and then you got all night Saturday. Yeah. It's just uh, – oh, Nice going, it. fellas. I wish I hadn't done that. So, yeah. sorry. Sorry. I just depressed us. We'll take a break. More in a moment. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. We're going to talk about the NFL postseason. That, of course, does not include the Jaguars. But you just hit on something, Frank. I think this term might need to be coined if it's not already. Sports grief. Yeah, because yeah, it's not yeah. it's not the same as grieving someone that you've loved and lost or your you know your pet or something like that. But sports grief is a real thing and it does require 
some time to get over a loss of that magnitude. Yeah, well, certainly when, again, I want to give the Jags credit for being good enough to create the expectations. There's been way too many times there have been no expectations, mm-hmm. and, and we knew in very— October. Yeah, right. Well, correct. We talk in draft in October and know there was no playoff. But the expectations hurt when you don't get there. Um, any games you want? Any games you like? So I'm in very intrigued by Dolphins-Chiefs because the Chiefs haven't been as high-powered an offense as they've been as of late. And the Dolphins, if they can stay warm in those temperatures that are going to be in Kansas City, they have that type of offense. It's Tyree Kills, obviously, return to Arrowhead. That'll be interesting. So that's one that I have circled on my calendar Saturday night. Hey, is anything great? It's a good one. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's outstanding. I can't wait to watch Dolphins-Chiefs. You know, for me, the, the other two are NFC. Uh, Green Bay at Dallas, just to see is Dallas can't possibly choke this, right? Like they're not going to lose this game, but Jordan loves played really well. And Green Bay has a young offense. That's seems like it's finding its stride at the right time and all the pressures on Dallas. So that's, that's going to be intriguing to me to see if, uh, if Dallas can, can get it done. The fact that the Dallas has that game at home, I think is math. Oh, sure. And then, uh, Eagles bucks, just because, you only think we're having a meltdown. <laughs> Let the Eagles go from ten and one right. to losing to Tampa in wild card round on the road. On and, and I think that could get really interesting because Jeffrey Lurie, I mean, he is about as a, much a fan as any owner in the NFL, and there will be a price to pay if Nick Sirianni goes from ten and one to losing six of his final seven and losing to Tampa Bay uh, in the wild card round. So that's Monday night. So that'll be good. But uh, really, I like them all except for Steelers bills because I think that's going to just be an absolute butt kicking. Yeah, I do too. I, I think that'll be the least interesting of the games. Um, Rams, Lions, you've got the quarterback yeah. aspect, and that's a good interesting. That might be the be- – I, I don't care as much about the NFC, so I don't feel as connected to it, but that might be as good a game as there is. I'll watch Browns Texans, much I hate to admit it, because I really want to know. It will tell me a little bit about what what might have been, and and the more te- sports grief. And the yeah yeah really, and the Texans make me nervous. Uh, they do. I, I want. They I should. Wanna, I mean, I I I would like them to lose and let's be done with this. I, I, they, and that's without Tank Dell, who was so yeah. good for most of the season. But I mean, they 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 make me nervous. I, They're a real problem. We we yeah. need Slowick to get hired somewhere yeah, else. Yeah yeah, they are they're I mean, a problem. We, we they're, really they're, need that. I mean, so, but I mean, hopefully the, somebody makes it. I mean, and, and listen, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't think, and this is one of the one more reasons the sports grief ex- continues. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any unbeatables in the AFC. That's the, that's the frustrating part about not being in this thing. The, the, there is not a Mahomes Chiefs of years gone by. There's not a Brady's Patriots. There's not a Manning Colts. There's, there's nothing like that. I. I I guess the closest to it is Baltimore. They're the number one seed. But, Hayes, they're not unbeatable. No, they're I mean, again, the Jaguars should have led that game here at the half. And, and, beat, know, them a, and beat them last year. And beat them a year ago. So, yeah, that, that game would not have been a game that I would have said, well, they have no chance. Right. Uh, and, so, and it again, that's the thing. That's the thing that is so frustrating is it looked like things were lining up well for them. And they just completely squandered it. I mean, just completely squandered it by playing with no fire, no intensity, no focus, uh, just a laissez-faire, well, we'll see what happens. It was almost like they just wanted it to be over. 
that they didn't like each other on defense and just it was like, nah, I just I'm, I I would rather lose than have to deal with these people another week. I mean, it just the further you get away from the game and and you see you know these results of what's happened with the personnel decisions, it just it just I mean sometimes. Teams just don't want to be there. And the Jaguars looked like over those last six games, they didn't want to be there because Carolina was awful. I mean, that awful. Mm -hmm. So their one win in that stretch was over, I think, one of the worst NFL teams that I've ever laid eyes on. But I think one of the problems is the Jaguars shut out the Panthers and the week before, or that week, I should say, the Titans only scored three points on the Texans. So I think the defense Mm. felt, despite what had just happened those other four games, the defense went into the game against the Titans, I think, feeling like, yeah, we've, we've got this. I mean, look what we just did. We're about to get after Tannehill a ton, and they, they can't score, and, and we're about to play in the postseason. The, uh, the, the thing that stings about it is, other than the Bucks game, I never felt like the Jags were playing miserably in those first five games when it went badly. The, they, they lost one in overtime. They lost one on a field goal at the end of the game. They... The Ravens pulled away at the end, but that was a close game. To your point, should have been ahead at the half. Um, they, they laid an egg in Tampa, and then they shut out the, a bad team, which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, the Tampa game was the one. That That's the only one. They looked, yeah. The only game where I thought they really looked lousy. Was Way the overmatched was, by a team that wasn't even that good. Yeah, but other than that, I, I, I didn't. that's why I was so confident that they would win the game I, because they had been, even during the losing skid, had not been that bad other than Tampa. In my mind, even during the doing during the losing skid, had not been that bad. And I suppose if the Bucks do beat the Eagles, then it makes you feel a little bit better as a Jags fan that the Bucks were a team that played not most games played well, but certainly has moments of playing well. Who do you think the Jags fans are rooting for in the postseason now? Uh, overall, top to bottom, uh, in the AFC, I'll say. Y- yeah, you know what? I don't. I don't think unless you have a team that there's loses. no hate for the Dolphins. I don't. Think. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I would guess Ravens or Dolphins. Yeah. Certainly not Chiefs. No Jags fans. Not yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. Not Steelers. Yeah. Definitely not Steelers. I wouldn't think. Not the Texans. Bills because of yeah. how yeah. obnoxious yeah. they a, can be. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. Yeah. You beat the Definitely Bills. not the Texans. Yeah, I would say yeah, the Browns prob- maybe. Brown probably the Browns. The I just Dolphins. don't think they don't. I, I don't think Jags fans think the Browns can get to the Super Bowl. Right. The Browns, right. yeah, the Dolphins, you because they're they're too close. Everyone hates the Steelers. Everyone hates the Chiefs. The Bills. I don't hate the Bills, but I, don't, I probably wouldn't root for them because they're one of the favorite teams. Probably the Browns for for me. The Browns. How about you? I'd say the Dolphins for me. Um, it, you know, I mean the Ravens, but you know, Ravens, Dolphins, and then in the NFC, I would say, boy. None of them really strike me. I mean, I guess the Lions, just because they're poor fans. I mean, again, that press box, all the pictures, it's like Barry Sanders, Megatron, and then a bunch of black and white photos. Lem Barney. Yeah. So Mel Farr. I mean, it's really Milk like, Plum. wow, they really haven't done anything here in like 50 years. So, um, yeah, that'd be, and Brunel's so, there. That'd be yeah, cool. Yeah. I that'd guess I, cool. I guess I, I guess if I could pick anything, I'd pick Ravens versus Lions. Okay. Who you pick? Who, who, who would you pick? Our picks are over, by the way. We will crown a champion this week. A lot of mystery in that pick. <laughs> A lot um, of suspense. That moment. Um, who do you think, but so we're not doing picks. But who do you think is going to win? Right the, now, the Super Bowl. Yeah, right now. Who, who who's in it? Who wins it? I'll say Ravens over 49ers. Okay, the yeah, one, chalk. the two one seeds. What about you? Yeah, I mean it's hard to go against that right now. If if it's not the Ravens, then I think it is the Bills. Even though Josh Allen can be turnover prone, they seem to find a way. And so yeah, it could be Bills 49ers. I'll go Bills Cowboys. Okay. 
and Scott Norwood lining one up. The that's NFL would at. love that, wouldn't Leon, they? Le- Leon Lett Absolutely. trying not to fumble at the goal line. Yeah. That, that's what I'm going to go I with. mean, Cowboys versus anyone, the NFL would be. But Bill's Cowboys, be, for that reason, would be pretty oh, good. Would it? Bill's, I mean, Bill's Cowboys, for all those reasons, would be good. Yeah. What would have the most history of all the well, possible? The pa- well, the Packers. I mean, anytime the Steelers, Packers. Packers. Yeah, Steelers, Packers. The uh, Although Packers Chiefs would have history because of it was the first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the Packers Chiefs played, it would be. I don't think that's going to happen, but you I, never know. I, I don't you could have uh, an all Florida Dolphins Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be, given the way the season ended, that wouldn't that be perfect? You right? could have an all Texas yeah. Texans Cowboys. By the yeah. way, that's what I don't want. That would be the tex- awful. The worst thing is for the Texans to get going. But, uh, look, I, I, that concerns me. I've said all along, they're, they're, they concern me. I mean, they're playing a home. I think they're going to win this week. And then, so and then you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who they're going to play because you don't know who's going to win the next week. But I think they're going to win this week. And I got to tell you. Which I w- would send them to, in all likelihood, Baltimore. In all likelihood, based on who beats, who wins the other games. You don't know for sure. Boy, that Chiefs at Bills divisional game ex- potentially next mm-hmm. weekend. How good. I mean, yeah. what a matchup that is. I'll, I'll tell you this. At least we finally would get Mahomes on the road in the playoffs. Yeah. So, Yeah. Here's the thing: the Steelers can't beat the Bills, so the two's gonna the one the and two's gonna advance. The one and the two will be available. It would be the greatest Mike yeah. Tomlin win. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, with in, no TJ Watt and no TJ. Yeah, Watt. they've already yeah. ruled Watt out. Yeah, so the so the Steelers can't win. The Ravens don't have to play, so the one and two will be there. The three could lose. The Dolphins could go up there and win. The Dolphins could, although the high, you were saying yesterday, Lauren, the high is like two at Arrowhead, <laughs> yeah. so I just can't imagine that. I mean, yeah, the I Dolphins Miami's will handle yeah, that well. Yeah. yeah. But let's assume if if all if 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 chalk holds, Houston goes to Baltimore. If if Miami shocks the the Chiefs, then Houston goes to Buffalo. That's right. Yeah, I'm trying to think where Houston would be better served to go. Probably Baltimore. I I don't probably Baltimore. Yeah, I think they're probably losing convincingly in either one of those I think games. So too. But uh, it's just too, they're it's too early for them. That's the thing. They're still not as good in the trenches as they need to be. Stroud's marvelous. Uh, one thing I was looking at today, just because you know, not that we don't need up, you know, more things to keep us up at night. Mm-hmm. But from a salary cap standpoint, the Titans have the second most space in the league. Mm-hmm. The Texans have the third most space in the know. league. That's good. And know. the Colts. Have the fourth most yeah. space in the league going into the offseason. So That's literally, they were to be bad. Where, where are the, the Jags? They're 19. So yeah. it's not bad, but the other three two, teams three in the division have tons, tons of money to spend, respectively. Right. The good thing, the good thing there in my mind is, and, I, and is, I'm not convinced Anthony Richardson is going to be great. We'll talk to Denny when he gets in here about his development. And I'm not convinced Will Levis will be great. Now they may, they might both be really good. Sure, you got to see more. There's yeah, not enough it, of a sample size because that's of right. In fairness to either guy, yeah. there's not enough. It, by the way, if you're the Titans, how do you not just hire Slowick like in a week? Like do what you need to do sure. in terms. But how is that? I mean, you just saw what he did with Stroud. Right. How how could you not just say, well, not only are we going to poach him from a divisional rival, but now he's going to be? I mean, assuming he w- would want the job. I mean, choose the. I mean, if he's offered multiple jobs. Right. But, uh, I mean, if I'm Tennessee, that's exactly who I'd go after. Here's a great stat for you all. Three quarterbacks in the last 50 seasons have led the NFL in passing yards per game and passing touchdown-to-interception ratio in a single year. 
1989, Joe Montana. In 2007, Tom Brady. In 2023, C.J. Stroud. How about that? How about that company? Montana Brady Stroud. Wow. I mean, does it get worse than that right now? Great to hear. We'll take a break. Uh, Lauren's got the hour off. She's got helmets and heels in an hour. Danny Thompson joins us one last time with the Whisperer. This is 1010XL on 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Okay. I think it's we brought Denny and Register Sausage yet? No, we I'll answer not. that. We, no. need to, uh, we need to help him with that. It's fantastic. It's really good. You've That's, had yours, haven't you? I have, yeah. So two of the three of us have had Register Sausage. Yeah. And the one, the one, the only reason they sponsored us has not had any. That's, that's I mean, we're, we're dropping right, the ball. The star, Listen, just the star here, doesn't get it. Here's the deal. Bring it next week. Right. I'll put it in my George Moore Chevy truck. <laughs> take it to my house and watch my two TVs put up by Tyson. Sounds there you good. go. So you'll, have, you'll, be, you'll be good. Got everything go. covered, yeah. All okay. right, buddy. Good to see you. I'm good, man. Really good. The, you uh, bummed out like everybody else. Yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a hard one, wasn't it? It's the last month and a half has been hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I said this yesterday. It's like when you look at this team, you see eight and three. And you want to say, well, they peaked too early, but they didn't. Like, I don't feel like they ever peaked. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think it's dead on. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. They, they never peaked. That's yeah. what's so disappointing yeah. is you don't feel like you ever really saw this year's version of the Jags because you don't want to believe that that really is what yeah, it was. They found. I mean, they they won seven out of eight games and found a good rhythm. But yeah, I hear you. You felt there was still there was still more in there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 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 I know. I agree. I agree with that. I. Uh, I think what's 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 hard for all of us, Denny. We've we've all been talking about this, is for so long that it's been a lousy team. Now they've created expectations. So yeah, you you, you know what I mean. I mean, I, I said I'm not excited about watching the playoffs now. Yeah. In the past years, when the Jags would win two or three games, I'm always excited about the NFL playoffs. I know exactly. What and you now mean. I'm not. Yeah. I'm a Saints fan and I'm a Jags fan. Yeah. And you know, for me, I don't have quarterbacks at either one of those teams, which is good because I get to just kind of be a fan with them. The Colts came hurt, yeah, like yeah, that hurt yeah, me. Yeah. But then Sunday, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, I hate football. Like I just hate football. The Saints finally play decently. They still don't get in. The Jags don't get in. And it's like, so I hear what you're saying. I I, I think the half the city has retired from football for the year, though. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be back. Yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's- but but it's better. I would rather have my heart broken like that. Than to talk about draft in October. Oh, yeah. no question. We, we, we've all said that. It, the world's better now. Yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. To, to me, the, the theme of the season is underachievement, you know, because even when it was going well, there were very few games where they were clean. Really, the only game that they were ever truly, like, played a clean game was Carolina, who's one of the worst teams we've ever seen. Uh, but even when they won some games, there were, there was always meat left on the bone, mm-hmm. and and there always is going to be some of that. But it was it was a lot. It was to the point where you were like, if they can ever get it all figured out, they've got the chance to really be special. And they just never hit it. They went from frustrating to just collapsing. Yeah, I, I'm gonna lay my head on this. I I think it's hard to come back from a season like last year. We saw it in 96 here with the Jags, and the 97 wasn't as magical as 96 right. was. That's and right. I, I think we could probably go down the list of teams who've just had a magical run. They go into the next year, maybe they were still a year away from really need to be where they needed to be. 
that's where I'm that's what I'm telling myself. I'm telling myself that they learned a lot of lessons. I don't think I don't think they have a lot of work to do in free agency. I, I think for the most part, the receiving room, the running back room, the quarterback room, the tight end room, like those are good. Right? In, interior offensive linemen and you should be good to go. So I don't I don't I don't get the sense it's a rebuild. I'm gonna come into next year with the same expectations, if not higher than I had this year. Yeah, same here. I, I think I think off interior linemen on both sides of the ball, yeah. They gotta be more physical, Danny. They they're I think I think the season got away. Look, a lot of things. They turned the ball over too much. Trevor was off and all. They were hurt a lot. There's a lot of things that happened. But if I had to put my finger on one thing, the physicality up front in the interior of both lines, it made it hard for them to run. It made it hard for them to stop the run. They were playing uphill a lot for that reason. I think that's the, those are the two things they've got to do. I, I completely agree. I, I, you saw them even this past Sunday working that little quick pitch out of shotgun. Yeah just to try to get the edge because inside zones is such a hard thing for them right now. Really hard. I mean, it's hard to manufacture offense. That's no reason, though, why you lose five out of six. I mean, that's not an excuse. Like, you, if, you've, if you've got your guy, if you've got your franchise guy, he should never lose his last five starts. I, I don't care the circumstances. Right. Uh, so that's the tough pill to swallow. But, but, I mean, everybody's right. They were injured. Something was off all year long. The interior offensive line, like, everybody's right, but it doesn't help the fact that they just, you know, Send us into the offseason in a spiral. What would you do with Trevor? Now the business of football kicks in and he's three years in. I, it, have you seen enough that you would extend him or do you need to see yeah, him? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely have seen enough to know that he's the guy that I want leading my team for as long as he's playing football. Like, I, I think if you were to ever go another way, you'd be taking such a big risk uh, doing that. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, the simple fact of the matter is the great ones win games in December's and January. And he didn't. So I don't, he, he's not a top five guy like we all talked about. That's for sure. I mean, but yeah, I think you extend him. And I think if you're Trevor, you just take a big step back and you look at this and go, okay, what can I learn from this? Like, wh- where did we go wrong? Where did I go wrong? Because he is going to get the brunt of the blame. Yeah. He, um, where did you think he went wrong? Well, I think there's a bunch of things. I, I noticed this past week, especially a couple things. Um, mechanically looked a little different. So I think maybe the injury started to get into him a little bit, um, especially throwing left. It's like he was flying his chest open and just ripping it left. And it looked like a, a lot of arm movement. So I don't know how much of his lower body was involved with that. Um, but I just, you know, Frank, the kid's fine. He just has yeah, got – it's it's his third year. He's 24. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to hit eject on this or even get too negative about it because it's his third year. Yeah, you, that, is such, that is such a great point. Nobody's hit eject on it, but some have hit a, gosh, you think at some point we're going to have to hit eject on it. Well, we're not. Right. We, we were pointed right. But I haven't heard anybody say Trevor's not, not, not our guy. But I hate it for him because I agree with you. He's going to be just fine. But I have heard people say maybe he won't ultimately be what I'd hoped he would be. And I think that's fair. Like, you can pump the brakes on, is he going to be, is he a generational guy? Mm. Maybe he will be. Mm. I mean, the, the, the time to shine in the NFL where quarterbacks find their legs is after year five. Right. Like, that's a fact. That's right. So Josh you got, Allen. Josh Allen, after three years, people thought was a bust. You just start to get the, the answers. In the league. You just start to get the answers to everything that people throw at you. And so you can play the game more calm. Um, and then here's the other thing. Like, this year I think is a – he had good receivers – but they didn't seem to be on the same page. Right. You know when that gets fixed? In the offseason. Yeah. Like, that's when that gets fixed is when those guys are taking the Bahamas trips and throwing a UNF on whatever days they right. throw on. Like, that's when that gets fixed. So, I, 
I don't know, man. I still think I still think highly of this team. I still buy stock in them. How much do you think the knee followed by ankle followed by shoulder could have created a mix where he just wasn't able to practice? And how difficult can that make it from a timing standpoint and a fundamental standpoint? I think it makes it very difficult. The other thing is, and I don't know if he did this, but quarterbacks taking shots or painkillers or something like that is a, that's a tricky thing because it's such a fill position. And you don't know how you're going to feel when you take that, right? So, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that happen to Trevor. But I said this when I was watching the game. Like, I believe Tre uh, Trevor's a generational guy. And generational guys don't get a pass. Every quarterback is playing hurt right now. I mean, I look at our guys. I talk to our guys. They're all playing hurt. Right. You, you, you just got to grow from it. That's the only thing you can do right now. Let's talk about your guys. I felt so bad for Gardner Minshew. That hurt, if, man. If there's – if there's one thing, there's a lot of things he's good at, but if there's one thing that he's never bad at is not being completely accurate on a short pass. Now, it still should have been caught, by the way. It was a little bit behind the guy, but it's unlike Gardner to not put that right on him. Yeah, now that just that whole game just – it's just a little off. Yeah. It's just a little bit off, and I, I, I have we've texted, but I haven't talked to him um, – I just know how bad he wanted that one. I know. You can you know, see it. Like, he wanted that one so badly. Um, and he loves that team at Indianapolis. So, And that team loved playing. You could watch them and tell. Yeah. They like playing together. So that one hurt a little bit, yeah. What What was your uh, perspective on that on that play? In term, did you like the call? Uh, what should he have done, if, it, if anything, in your mind? You know, I think it, I actually – I actually think it's funny that people don't like the call because the guy was wide open. And he's right. still running. He had a block. Right. He had, he, had, he had one defender and Pittman blocking him. I mean, it was obviously he, he might a, have been, might have been a touchdown. A great call. Yeah. It's just an execution thing. So, I mean, I, I think that's just a flawed execution thing. It's it's a pass that was maybe six inches too much inside with a guy who's not used to catching balls six inches inside. It's it's just part of execution. Yeah, the the, the, the criticism is Jonathan Taylor wasn't in the game. I think I think that's. But would Jonathan Taylor have been as open? Uh, might not have. Might not. Have, but, but, but no, I get. But I'm just telling you the critics. Yeah. But no, I th I'm telling you, I think it might have been a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, because because he had one blocker was Pittman, and if Pittman blocks the guy, it's a it, then it is a touchdown. Now, yeah. now, the guy, now if the guy gets his way enough for the cavalry to get there, I, I mean, even if it's not a touchdown, you're it's just a big gainer. It's a, yeah. It's it, you I mean, move you're, the sticks. You're in the game. Yeah. You're in the game. But listen, C.J. Stroud makes some throws. He is so good. He is so good. That the throw he made on third and long to just the green spot yes, of grass. If you go back and look at the yeah. end zone view of that, yeah. that's unbelievable, it man. Really that's was. that's special right there. And to open the game with the the seventy five yeah. yard bomb. Yeah, they dialed that up. That yeah. was nice. What happens with with Gardner now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know where his head is with all this. Gardner's very much a. I don't talk about anything till the season's done, right? Like nothing. Right, right. So I I don't know. Um, obviously, I think. I mean, Indy would I would have to think would love to have him. Oh, there's no question. But uh, he's got it like he always does. He's got to like kick the kick the tires on possible starting jobs, doesn't he? He's never he's never going to give that up. Yeah. He, I mean, he nor wants he. to start. Nor should he. And he's proven that he can play in this league. I, I mean, this is just me. It's had nothing to do with him. But I would love to see Pittsburgh. Like to me, like if I'm Pittsburgh, man, I got to make him. I got to make a run at Gardner on this because I don't know if you can draft a guy yeah. yet again. Yeah, they can't. They can't draft a guy. No, nah, he fits that. Right, like yeah. I, I would love to see something like that, but I don't. I don't know what he's going to do. I, I, he's going to have options. I think he played himself into uh, a nice little contract. I think. It, it was interesting seeing the initial uh, free agency looks that you know some of the experts are putting out there. Mike Clay has one out there. 
And, he, I mean, he's got Gardner as the third-best free agent quarterback behind Kirk Cousins, who had an unbelievable year yep. before his injury, yep. and, uh, and Baker Mayfield, who just led Tampa Bay to a division title. So yep. that's good company. I, you know, we talked about the Steelers have to, to add a veteran. If, if Minnesota does reunite with Cousins, then if I was Tomlin, I mean, assuming he's back, I'd absolutely want Gardner Minshew. It seems like a perfect fit to me. I mean, I don't watch a ton of Steelers football, but what I have watched, I look at it and go, man, Gardner could be really good in that. And again, this is, I haven't even talked. That's just me saying, well, man, that's a good fit. And for it's team. like Gardner is smart enough that he's going to throw it to George Pickens <laughs> yeah. 12 times. <laughs> right. Well, if you do that, you're going to have success. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were games in which George Pickens was in. Now, some of that, he's he's right. got to mature, and Gardner would probably help with that, you know, in ter- but. But, I mean, he's unbelievable yeah, when he, he gets the ball. No, I, I, Gardner's smart enough to throw it to that guy. Now, the greedy part of me loves having Gardner and Anthony together now. I hated it at first. But the greedy part of me loves that right now. But, but I know Gardner well enough to know he's not going to sit back and just go, I want to be a backup. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk college quarterback. You one more segment with Danny. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. <laughs> I thought we were good, man. We are. Thank you, Denny. The Whisper with his theme song. <laughs> I'm just going to embrace it. By yeah. God, that's his music. Who sings this? It's Wham. Uh, now, now, now he's denying the Wham poster in the bedroom, okay? <laughs> I'm getting a Wham t-shirt. He's going to tell you he doesn't know who the other guy was? Right. We know, we know he does. Yeah, okay. He's the treasure of the fan club. <laughs> no Y'all know that I know nothing about music. <laughs> <laughs> that, really, that is a good argument you've got. <laughs> the one good. argument he's got is right. I, I really don't know anything. I have no idea who Wham is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is uh, not something you need to move to the top of your, your list in terms of finding uh, out more. All right, let's look ahead to the college. I'll start with the Gators this time. We talked about Carson a lot. Uh, how will Graham Mertz be different? Will Lagway play a lot? Uh, what you read on there? They're, they're, and they're trying to find another guy, clearly. They're using, yeah. Every time you turn around are on Twitter, they're, they're trying to find some guys, backup guys. Good luck, though. Yeah. Good luck finding that guy. Because you know, you're never playing. Well, yeah, but they've had guys visit. So the BYU guy, right? The, the, well, it must be like only if you're like wanting to get into coaching. And, or, well, he, I mean, let's think about this. You're not going to play unless we know you know. You're third. You're third out of the you're gate. Third, you're well, third let's guy. take the money. Follow the money. We yeah. we know what Graham got. Yeah. Like, we're assuming DJ got. Like, do you know what yeah. they had, how, what would have to happen for you to get on the field? Right. Because the minute, like, you're not going to win that job. Yeah, two injuries. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And and even then, like, it's a rush to get them back. So it's the tough part of recruiting, man. It's right. the tough part of, of roster management in college because you can have a great quarterback room, but the minute that quarterback room senses there's this All-American freshman and there's a guy in planning for next year, they're gone. Well, what, is your expect- what are your expectations for Mertz? Uh, Lagway? Oh, yeah, you did ask me How that. do you think it plays out? Um, I'm a Mertz fan now. I really am. Me too. I, I think he's a good player. Um, I actually think his arm strength is better than what I thought it was originally. Same. Same I, I think he's got a chance to play on Sundays. Um, I think he's a really good player. I, I'm excited about DJ Lagway, and I think if they do this thing right, DJ Lagway will get eight to ten snaps a game, I would think. That's just, what you would think. Yeah, just you, a you, guess. Would, you would think a handful of snaps a game. 
either a change of pace guy or just to get him some reps. Well, they don't have many games either that they go into next year where you're like, hey, this kid can get these two quarters. Correct. You know, so you got to be careful with that. But Urban had the blueprint with Leak and, and Tebow, and but these are very similar situations. Mertz had 20 touchdowns, three picks, and completed 70%. Now, there were some checkdowns and short passes, but can you build on that? I mean, Yeah, absolutely. And and that's But that's the problem. Why do you take that off the field, too? Yeah, right, I agree. Like, that's the problem. I I think he's going to do nothing but get better. I don't think um, – I think when he went in last year, there was a lot of doubt, and I don't think he necessarily had the team the way he has the team now. He may have a better grip on this team than what a lot of the coaches His have. His team now. Yeah, no doubt. With Carson Beck going back to Georgia, if you had to guess, what do you think will be the, the first three quarterbacks off the board in the draft? Uh, I'm going to guess – the the two are chalk that we've been talking about, uh, Drake May and and Caleb Williams, and then I I think, think Drake Jayden, May first. No, I think Caleb first. Okay. Um, and then I think Jaden Daniels. I, I think he's going to have an amazing combine season. Everything that I've heard about the guy um, is he's going to interview really well. He's an accurate thrower. He's going to do well in everything, every aspect of the combine. So I think he'll be that third one. I had him in SEC Media Day. He's a great guy. Very, very impressive. I, I mean, what, it's, it's him or Bo Nix, I think. I don't yeah. think it's Penix. Yeah. I think it's him or Bo Nix. I wonder what he'll, like, what he'll run if he tests. Yeah, I, You know, I don't know what his weight is right now, but, yeah. I, you know, if he's 4-5. Did Richardson run? I can't remember. He did. He ran 4-4-3. Four, four, <sighs> yeah. Right. yeah. Um, to FSU, DJ Uyunglele, what are your expectations? Will he be really good there? Will he be just okay? And, he's got, and again, he's got to learn new receivers. He's got to learn a new offense. New receivers have to learn him. They have to learn everybody's getting the getting the Tallahassee at the same time. You know, it seems like you know what I think is I think he's seen so much football yeah. that he'll figure it out. Okay, and, I, and that's that was their issue is they lost all these things, and then on top of that, you have a quarterback in that room that hasn't seen a lot of football. You got to get somebody that's seen football because now he's got to help teach this offense to the receivers and everybody they've lost. Right, so it's actually a good situation. You get him in there now. He's learning the offense while he's teaching the offense. Um, I don't expect there to be a hiccup in that in that um, aspect. I don't know how good of a player he is. That's my hang-up is I don't I know. You. I get that. Yeah, I, I don't know that he is um, whatever I thought he was going to be. I think he's probably fifth, sixth-round type talent guy with a big arm. Joe Milton, like kind of that thing. He's going to yeah. impress you, but – Got At the it. same time, he's going to make some mistakes. Good call. Did you see any of the, speaking of Tennessee, uh, Nico Amaleva yeah. in the bowl? Yeah. I, so, funny story. Um, actually, RJ, you're like this. The day that Kobe passed away, get, we, I was in L.A. with Nico and Malachi Nelson, who was at oh, USC. Yeah. Um, he's going to Boise, right? Yeah, not far from where it, it all happened. And they were freshmen. And I said then, like, this Nico kid's got a chance to be the number one pick. Now he hasn't put on weight the thought I, the no. way I thought he would. Y'all, he's good. He's he's got a excellent feel for the game. Very athletic. He was a uh, really like top notch volleyball player. I don't know how they rate those things, but mm -hmm. really good athlete, really explosive. He's he's gonna be a good player. There are a lot of really good quarterbacks coming back in the SEC. I guess that's the NIL factor, isn't it? It is. And Brady yep. Cooks back, Jackson Dart's back, Graham Mertz is back. Obviously, the ultimate can Carson Beck is back. I mean, it's a good, it's a good year. What's that? Milrow. Yeah, Jalen Milrow. Milrow's back. It's a good year for quarterbacks in the league next year. Isn't yeah, it? no doubt. I, I think NIL, too, we talked about how it's bringing people back, but I also think it's going to help the NFL ultimately because these guys are seeing a lot more football 
at a young age. It, it, well, that, and and then they'll be better when they get to the NFL. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they're getting there already. Like, we're treating this this last year. Carson's got very few credits. We're treating this as a rookie year. Think about this, Danny. Here's your here, – this is the SEC next year. Carson Beck at Georgia, Jalen Milrow at Alabama, Jackson Dart at Ole Miss, Quinn Ewers at Texas, Graham Mertz at Florida, Brady Cook at Missouri, Nico at Tennessee – Garrett Nussmeyer, who's pretty good. Garrett's a dog, yeah. At LSU, and, and Connor Wigman at A&M. That's another one. That's a lot of guys, isn't it? It is really good. And people around here don't know about, like, Connor and Garrett. Right. But both of those are really good football players. Like, yeah. the, if they get hot, they could be New York-type football players, Heisman-type football and players. And I listed so them loaded. ninth and tenth. Yeah. And I mean, ninth and tenth on this list that somebody sent me. Yeah, it's it's definitely loaded. It'll be a fun year. What, what, what do you think? Uh, is McCarthy, I guess – is he entering the draft? Is he going back to Michigan? Is I've that heard still he's going back. I don't know. I, I actually have no clue on that. I, wonder, I almost just wonder if he's waiting on Harbaugh to decide. Maybe what he's so. Doing, Maybe so. I, would, I, I watched a little bit last night. I didn't. I wasn't locked into that game. Um, he's a really good athlete. He's a very good athlete. We were talking about in the facility day, and somebody said he would run like a four or five. McCarthy. So, yeah, McCarthy would. Wow. Um, and he's obviously got a good arm. I, I just I can't get past. Right or wrong, them running the ball forty times in a row against Penn State. Yeah, like I, I need to see the guy make some plays in those type games, and he hadn't been given that opportunity. What do you think of Penix? I, I don't know why I, I'm not higher on him. Yeah, like I, my son Walker and I were talking about this. You watch him; he seems like he's got a good feel. Yes, he's left hand, but I'm over that now. I've seen enough of him. But there's something that just I should be higher on him than what I am. At times, it looks to me like he's a little pushy with the ball. Uh, mechanics can be a little bit inconsistent. Maybe I'm just putting too much emphasis on that because of what I do. But I think ultimately, right now, sitting here today, second, third round guy. Yeah, I, 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 I nobody, people didn't love him, liked him, didn't love him. Then the end of the season and early in the first playoff game came around, and people loved him. Last night, after last night, they don't love him as much. Have you noticed? Yeah, he almost he looked. He looked stronger armed than Tua to me until last night, Hayes, when he looked more like Tua. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I, I always love when you talk about the local quarterbacks, the year of 2024, who's going to be some of the, the names oh that are going to become household names. Yeah, I'm going to forget, guys. I, I mean, the reality is we are loaded here. I mean, everywhere you go, high school-wise in Jacksonville, um, there's a Division One guy. I mean, it, it's it's all over the place. So I, don't, I try not to even get into this because, but you know, Lachlan Hewlett is one of my favorites. Will Hewlett's son is at at St. Augustine and just spins the ball, and and Tremel Jones, those two jump off because he's committed to Florida State and one's committed to Wake Forest. He's a Mandarin. And, yeah, so it's like we can go down that rabbit hole, but I'm telling you guys, within the next five years to ten years, there will be six NFL starters from this area. Wow, it, it is really amazing what has happened to the quarterback position uh, in this area. That's cool because there was that time where there's that texas area it was like breeze went there yeah it, it was one high school but it's just outside area, of austin yeah lake yeah, travis it, it was incredible yep the amount of nfl quarterbacks yep. that came out of that region it's been atlanta okay. atlanta's had it the last i don't know decade that would be like fields right? fields trevor trevor yeah uh, they had a bunch of guys come through there for a little while Boy, but fields and trevor says it yeah, if, if they're, if they, they were the same class too. yeah if they came out the same class yeah wow yeah but we've got that going on right why, now why is that I think locally, um, the high schools have put more responsibility on quarterbacks, and so the better athletes have stayed at quarterback, where right. in the past they've moved to running back, receiver, something like that. And guys are just staying with it. And, and I'm a big proponent in this. 
success brings success. These guys see these, they see Carson Beck. They've been training with him forever. And to them, it is attainable. They understand what they have to do, and it takes what it takes, and they're doing it. So I, I think as a region, that's where we're at right now. Do you like quarterbacks to play other sports? Or love do you... it. No, love okay. it. Love it. So, I don't even have to hear the rest of the question. Yeah. I love it. Carson quit baseball's junior year, and it drove me crazy. I, okay. I want him to play every really sport they player. can. Very good player. Yeah, I was. So you can <clears throat> maximize your ability if you, if you devote – Half the year to football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, dual sport athlete now is you are working on two sports at one time, right? We don't want seasonal athletes. Right. But I'll take dual sport athletes, and if they want to work on baseball during football season, I love that. I, I was doing a game with Chris Winkie in uh, 08, 09, and we were at dinner, and, and someone came up and asked him about that. I don't know how we got on it, but he Wink said, now again, not everybody's Chris Winkie who's graded and get drafted and everything. Mm-hmm. But he said, every kid should play every sport you can. If you're good enough, they're going to find you. And if you're not, playing one sport will make you good at another. I, said, I, I know I've told you this, Denny. When I, I coached American Legion baseball for a lot of years, a lot of years. I, I coached for 17 years, but like, like 10 of them were American Legion, which means you're coaching high school kids. And I will tell you without question, my favorite kids were football players yeah. because they were tougher. They understood the weight room. You could coach them a little bit harder. Yep. And and football football. I always said that my favorite baseball players to coach were football players. It's such a good mixture too. We, like this time of year, I love this time of year because at Torque, all the baseball players are still there. Right. So we have the football players coming back and being integrated with the baseball players, and it's just fun. I mean, football players are quiet. Baseball players are loud. They won't shut up, and it's just a good mixture. But yeah, I, now I will say this: it is becoming harder and harder. Not because kids don't want to play, but because the baseball players are specialized now and the basketball players are specialized. And if you're not specialized, you are – it's hard to make teams, yeah. right? So, I mean, I, I get it. It's harder than it's ever been. But to answer the question, I want them throwing as much as they can. I want them competing as much as they can. I want them running as much as they can. That does nothing but help me. Exactly. Hey, great job, all. Is this the last time we have you? Are we done? Do we have oh, I'm out. Have I been? I, don't, I haven't even do gotten sausage. To, do we get to the? <laughs> that's a good point. You know what? You know what I just thought of? We were. We were, I think this is gonna be the last one. But since you didn't have the sausage, we need another two, three months. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness right. gracious! I, 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 look, yeah. we will keep you forever. I just didn't know if we. Could I have no you. idea. We'll, let's yeah. keep him. Can we keep him? Yeah, let's I have no clue. I'll put a word in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know people. I know people. We'll see you next week. <laughs> all right. Great work. Thanks, buddy. Back in a moment. Save with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frangie and Carline with you, RJ Saunders. Lauren's got the hour off. She'll have helmets and heels along with Taylor and Mia coming up in just a bit. Hey, um, have you noticed very quietly that Florida State's loading up on portal guys again? Yeah, he's done a really nice Real, job. I mean, very quietly. The, yeah, very quietly. They're, you're right. They're, they're going to be loaded yeah. again with with portal guys. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got a, a marvelous signing class. So, yeah, I was going through the, uh, um, you know, the way too early top 25s today. And, you know, Florida State on ESPNs came in at 16th. I think I looked at, I think it was CBS Sports's, and it had the Knowles at 19. So that gives you an idea of of sort of where people are expecting them to fall, somewhere in between that 15 to 20 range. I, I do think they were the best ACC team. Clemson was lower than, than FSU in both of them. 
I want to say Clemson was maybe 19th in one and 21st in the other, something like that. So, uh, and then NC State was the other ACC team that was ranked, but they were like barely in the top 25. So, uh, so I mean, it seems like it'll be a year where the expectation should be go win the ACC, which would obviously guarantee you a spot in the 12. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's looking good for them. I mean, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I think they're going to be in the 12. So, like, if you're telling me right now the over-under is they finish 16th, uh, I, I would take Florida State finishing well inside of that. I think they're going to come in somewhere between 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Yeah. And their team is they've, – they've become the Gonzaga of football. They are – of all the teams that, that live on portal guys, that's where they're headed. I mean, you can really see it. That's where they're headed. The, uh, uh, they're gonna, it, last year when you looked up and their quarterback was, was Jordan Travis and their two receivers were Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and Trey Benson was their running back, and you saw those offensive linemen and Verse was their best defensive player and on and on, it was, it was a, a, whole, a huge collection of portal guys. Well, what that does is, A, you've got guys that know how to play because they've already done it. B, they're older, so their bodies are more developed. And, and now – FSU's done a marvelous job of kind of becoming the portal destination. Yeah. And the Ole Miss is doing it this year. Right. And other schools do it on a one-by-one basis. But I think Florida State, I know it's only the second year, but it's about the third year they've done this. They've become the place where the portal guys go. They have the most portal success to sell Yeah, because of all the examples. And it's only going to get better because this draft, I mean, I I would imagine that the second the draft ends – Florida State Sports Information Department is going to be sending out on social all the the guaranteed money uh, in in contracts that the the null players will have collected uh, by where they were drafted because it's going to be substantial. I mean, they I think they're going to have fifteen guys get drafted, and many of those. I mean, Keon Coleman, Jared Verse are going to go first round. I I think they're going to have two or three more go second round and probably two or three more go third and two or three more go fourth. I mean, I I think it is going to be loaded with FSU talent. And uh, so, yeah, if they've, they've got a lot of those guys were, were transfers so they can sell, come here. We can quickly identify what you do well, what your strengths are. We have a spot for you to play right away and look at the successes of all these players that came here and are going to leave here entering, you know, million-dollar contracts in the NFL. So uh, I was surprised they were as low as they were. Um, uh, surprisingly, uh, the Gators were not ranked in either of the uh, shocking. way too early shocking top 25s. Development. And Georgia was number one in both. So Sh- Mark Schlebaugh, shocking development. Yeah, Mark Schlebaugh did the ESPN one. He's got Georgia one, Texas two, which I was a little surprised by. Uh, he's got Oregon three, Alabama four, and Ohio State fifth. It almost seems like Florida State does with Florida. It makes us we cover them closer, but even Georgia and Alabama, it seems like anytime they're in the news for a portal guy or losing a portal guy, it's big news. This guy's leaving Georgia. This guy's going to Florida. This guy, uh, Florida's in the hunt for so and so. FSU doesn't seem to have much of that until you look up and they've got five guys covered. I noticed that. I think it is. I think it was almost when the announcements came because it was over. A lot of them were this weekend, and so you're dealing with the final week of the NFL. Obviously, you're a couple days away from the national title game, so it almost just seemed like they got lost. Where 
it seems like if a if a key portal guy makes this decision on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, it just carries more of the news cycle for that day. So I, I think part of it has just been when the news was released. Uh, but but they've they've got a great crop of transfers, and I'm sure they'll continue to keep adding to it. And okay. you know, again, why wouldn't you go there? It's an opportunity to play mm-hmm. right away, and this coaching staff has proven that. They take portal players and, and turn them into great players. Just last week, the names Indiana return specialist Jalen Lucas, Colorado State defensive tackle Grady Kelly, LSU wide receiver Jalen Brown, and Alabama defensive back Earl Little Jr. Uh, that was last week. Two days later today, um, Alabama wide receiver Malik Benson, West Virginia defensive lineman Tumaiwa Durajay. Now that's Two Alabamas you've already getting, um, an LSU you're getting. It's going to look just like last year. I mean, I just read off seven names. Yeah, that they've had. They've got seven portal guys that have been announced in the last week. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you knew they were going to have to to do it because while the signing class is great, you can't just rely on, you know, fifteen true freshmen stepping into prominent roles. You need some veterans, and obviously they don't have a lot of key veterans. Returning, we saw that in the sixty-three to three loss in the Orange Bowl. That you know, this was a roster that, with all the opt-outs and guys leaving, was going to need a lot of immediate help. So I'm sure the signing class will help to a to a degree. They'll have you know two or three guys in there that probably are are high quality players as true freshmen. But for the most part, you need to go to your point, find those twenty-one, twenty-two year olds, and that's what they're doing. And here the guys Florida State is losing. Let me give you the schools where they've gone, okay? These are the school the guys they are losing. East Carolina, San Diego State, FAU, Arizona State, FAU again, East Carolina again, one guy to Georgia Tech, TCU, App State, Rutgers, Colorado, Southern Miss, and of course Southern Miss is take Tate Rodemaker, okay? Compared to Florida's guys, they're going to Georgia, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, yeah. and a bunch to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. You know, so Florida's guys are headed to top ten and top fifteen programs. FSU's guys are headed to Appalachian State and Southern Miss. Yeah, Florida State stars wanted to stick with the program. Correct. They only lost guys that were never going to play there. That's exactly. Florida right. stars left Billy Napier and and went for greener pastures and the chance to ring chase, particularly in ETN's case. And and look. Princely may have said, you know, hey, I can win it at Ole Miss. They're on, I think on Schlebaugh's list, he has them seventh. And I think on the other one, they're top 10 everywhere. The CBS mm-hmm. one I saw had Ole Miss even higher. Uh, so I, I think, uh, I think they were fifth in one that I saw. And Schlebaugh has them seventh. So, I mean, be prepared for an offseason of Ole Miss being absolutely a bona fide preseason top 10 team. Now we'll see if they can live up to it. But, but the buzz on Ole Miss is going to be. I mean, I, w- I would imagine, you know, again, there's no more divisions, so I would think SEC media days, right. Georgia will be the predicted champion. Right. And then Texas, Alabama, Ole, Ole Miss. I think all up in there together. I-, I think, obviously, Texas and Alabama, they were both in the playoffs this year, and they both returned their quarterbacks. But I would think Ole Miss right behind them. I, I would think, nice league, by the way, if you're, a, if you're Florida or Missouri or Kentucky or any of if you're Florida, Kentucky, Missouri already had a good season. Right. Nice. Ni- Nice yeah, he's got Missouri high. Florida kind of catches a break in the divisions disintegrating in that yeah. instance. Yeah, because Schleyball has Missouri eighth. So think of so think, they but, aren't going away. But think about it: um, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, 
Ole Miss, Missouri, all five possible top ten teams, all returned their quarterback. Yeah. I, I just that's five. I mean, Florida returns its quarterback too, but it's not right. a top ten team. Right. I just ran off five top ten teams. Yeah. With their quarterbacks coming back, it's almost become like baseball. How yeah. like in baseball, you would look at the top twenty five and yeah. and the top twelve teams, seven of them would be from the SEC. Pretty amazing stuff. And it seems like that's sort of where football is is starting to to trend yeah. to. One thing too to uh, just for Gator fans out there that are down on Napier. Uh, the Arizona Wildcats have a lot of love on these lists. Uh, right. Schleyball has them ninth. Again, they went 10-3, and 7-2 in the Pac-12, beat Oklahoma in the bowl game. Right. So uh, Schleyball has them ninth in the ESPN way too early. The CBS one had them higher. Again, yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. I want to say they were seventh in that one. Right. So the- Jed Fish is getting ready to be uh, a prominent, prominent yeah. uh, storyline throughout one, the college One question I do season. have. I, you, have an, you don't have an NCAA manual with you, do you? <laughs> Do I got an NCAA question? I do. Uh, okay, could check this out for me. Yeah. Me can you tell me, see if you can look this up. I think yeah. this is rule 13-1-A-B-B-Q. Okay. Um, yeah, right here. <laughs> um, can you only have one head coach? Because you've hired about five. <laughs> I okay? know, right? You, you've hired. I, Florida's going to have more head coaches I next year. I tell you. The I, love carousel, I love that. I do like the, I like the way, yeah. hopefully Billy Napier wins like eight games and keeps his job. Right. But if they have to move on from Billy Napier, I do foresee a carousel that is going to be incredibly loaded Yeah, for the first time in several years. All right. Let's do some takeaways, Art. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Can I do a second day of just bashing the Jaguars and the takeaways? It's probably getting uh, – we'll, we'll do something else today. That, how about the NFL playoffs? We talked about the NFL playoffs. It's going to be tough to watch. Uh, but uh, but our, there are some great games. Dolphins at Chiefs was one Lauren really liked. Uh, that's going to be exciting Saturday. I, I'm intrigued to see if Dallas can take care of Green Bay or if they, you know, gag again in the postseason. With, <laughs> go Cowboys, right, Taylor? And uh, and Eagles-Bucks, the Eagles are coming in really uh, struggling, losing five of six. And so that things could get really messy in Philadelphia uh, for Nick Sirianni if, uh, if Jeffrey Lurie sees his team really go down uh in tampa so a lot of uh it's gonna be i'm it's tuesday i'm not excited to watch i'm still depressed my hope is by saturday i'll be ready for some nfl football All right, before we say hello to taylor rj got a giveaway do you absolutely let's get ready to rumble the river city rumble got a pair of tickets for the game this friday january 12th at seven be caller number two six four one ten ten now let's say hello to taylor Dahl. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Hey, do you need me to go pick up your car in the rain and drive it up? <laughs> yeah, you? can you? A little valet service up front. That'd be nice. Michelle, was, <laughs> Michelle Queen of the Building, was saying earlier, Rich, you're the only person that would go pick up my car and bring it up. And I said, I'd do that in a minute. Taylor goes, you're so lying. <laughs> you're, down the hall, he's like, you're a liar. He's like, you, you need an umbrella, a raincoat, a hood, and all that. So, hey, you did a great job hosting the kickoff. Thanks. Yeah. I really Thanks. Coming Absolutely. It was fun. I mean, E.T. and Tommy made it pretty easy. It flowed well. Both of you helped and Mia, so that was nice. But it also it, – it was fun. It's something that I haven't got to do yet. It's a little extra experience under my belt. Unfortunately, the game didn't go the way right. we wanted to. Um, but it, it was a good time. So yeah, I thought you did a great job. Thank too. you. So, um, 
So who are you rooting for now? I, I know you're rooting against the Packers. Of course. And, uh, and we're all rooting against the Texans. Yes. Uh, who are you rooting for? Yeah, that's interesting, actually. I haven't, like, f- I, I guess I would say the Niners. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the other team I cheer for a lot just because I love so many of the players on there. Like, I I love George Kittle. I love Brock Purdy has been just such a fun story, yeah, I feel right. like. To f- even though it makes me so angry. I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, they got him in the seventh round, and I'm, like, <laughs> searching high and low for a quarterback in Chicago trying right. to find it. Um, granted, I mean, if you have Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and all of these right, guys, right, it right. definitely makes it easier. McCaffrey, obviously. All of these players, I think Niners are just so much fun, and they have so many likable guys on that team that it's hard not to cheer for them. Um, that'd probably be my go-to. I guess I may say Ravens on the other side just because the Lamar story, I've – I I will be the first to admit I was one of the ones that year after year have been like, I'm just not sure. Like I feel like I need to see something else. I need to see something else from Lamar to really believe in this year he's done that for me to where I finally feel like I'm on that next level with Lamar Jackson. And so that'll be fun to watch, see if they can kind of push through the playoffs with that. But it will definitely be an interesting one this season um, just because there are some – Weird. I mean, Baker Mayfield's in the playoffs. Mason Rudolph's in the playoffs. No, like, no, what is going point. on? Flacco. Flacco. I know. Ninety-seven years old. Yeah. What's, uh, what's coming up tonight? Yeah. So we will uh, unfortunately discuss the Jags game. I wish we could just a little yeah, fast on. forward over that one, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Go over our impact players that we had in that game. Get to the NFL. A lot of playoff talk with that. We're going to shift a little bit because normally we pick our impact players for the Jags game. That's done. So we're going to shift it, and we're actually going to pick impact players of who we think will impact the playoffs the most uh, week by week for the next few weeks. So that'll be fun. Take a look, a little bit deeper look at some of the other games that are happening. Uh, National championship last night, boo, Michigan. But um, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit and some fun stuff. So Welcome up. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks. Taylor, Mia, and Lauren, they've got Hamilton Hills that comes up right now. That'll do it for our program. The ladies are up next, so don't go anywhere. We'll see you tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Franzi. So long.